0: we are sounds working this is the first actual face-to-face podcast that i've done i do believe i've only had one other guest on this one uh since we started the keegan smith experience at least and today we're with uh blake morrison and we're uh, at bmf body mind factory on the gold coast so uh, thanks for joining us today blake hey mate yeah thanks for having me Blake and I go back a while now uh, through some real movement events, and I recently hosted an event. He was good enough to uh, let me in here on short notice. Uh, I was running the first event for a while, I'm always a little bit nervous about events, and then I realized I'd booked a venue that didn't have barbells (laughs) or plates (laughs) for a weekend event, and it would have been great, but uh, yeah. Generally, we do do barbell work. And so at the last minute, I asked Blake, is it okay if I bring the crew over? And he actually ended up being the highlight of the weekend for for a bunch of the guys doing a a keynote sort of impromptu as well. Just, uh, hey, Blake, what about coming to chat to the crew after lunch? And uh, it all kind of came out, and it was a game changer. One of the guys, Dean Clarkson, the the big guy from from New Zealand, went home, transformed his garage. He had like a bit of a makeshift gym in there. Cleared everything out, put a post up on Facebook to his like community group, yep. who's interested in doing some training, locked in two groups of six, and they're away. Oh, his his wife is, is like, just yeah, us. Yeah. Sp- she's like, um, got a background in national level touch and basketball or netball. Netball, I think it is. Commentator and on the news and stuff. So she's got some profile on yeah. sporting success. But he literally said, he heard your story about a small space, and we'll get into that. Yep. He said, I've got a small space. I don't even have to pay any rent on it. Yeah. And and he's, he's literally changed it. So, yeah. you know, like, that that's something that happens. That's something that can happen from one day to the next. You hear a story and you go, fuck, like... What it if what like if me, that was yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. No? like well, that's, I can resonate with that, you yeah. know. And there's
1: a few of those out of my story that got me to where it was as well, yeah.
0: That's why that's why I want to podcast with you today and that's mm. like why I do a lot of things that I do because sometimes those messages are just the ones that, that really hit the spot. And it's not necessarily about speaking to the most successful businessman in the world. Like, Dean didn't need to hear from a billionaire. Mm. He didn't need to hear from Richard Branson. Yeah. He needs to hear from you, where you're at right now. I'm not saying you're not better no, than Richard yeah, Branson no, in no, other no, ways, no, yeah. but yeah. You'd, probably, you'd probably beat him in a triathlon. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that's, uh, I think, what's, what's made a difference. So do you want to uh, share a little bit about your journey with the yep. PT side of things? And, yep. and I know it didn't start in that little space, but maybe that'll give some context yeah, to the, the story. We're yeah, just sort of,
1: sure. Um, yeah, as well, I honestly, as much as you're appreciative for me for that time of using my space, I am as well, and it'll make sense in a minute when I finish the story. Um, but there's some pretty cool stuff come off the back of me saying yes to that. So, yeah, I don't know if you know it yet, so you'll hear it through the story, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Glad we're having this chat then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my fitness journey started... Probably at a young age, I played rugby league, and it was always a dream of mine to be an NRL star. Um, I was fortunate enough that my dad was a decent rugby league player in his time. He taught me the ins and outs, you know, and the basics. He's a big basics man, you know, like being a good defender, good passer. So I'd like just sit at home and throw a footy at a wall, hit the dot, hit the dot, hit the dot, um, kick the ball to the kick the ball into the hats, you know, like very very, you know hard work orientated sort of, um, upbringing. And, uh, you know, through the years I was good enough in Coffs Harbour to expand and be one of the best there. So I was started to be seen and I uh, got picked up by the dragons when I was younger, um, and went down and had some, some time down there in Sydney. Really, uh, got it, my eyes opened from a country kid to a, you know, city, uh, living and how they train and, that was sort of where it all started, like 15, 16. You know, weights had to be a major priority. I had to go down that avenue. I couldn't just be, well, I couldn't just go off my talent. They were, like, the first thing they said to me, like, you need to be 10 kilos heavier. Yeah, I was 67 kilos trying to play 5'8", and I'm just like, where is that going to come from? <laughs> um, when you were 16? Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of, yeah. Surfing and playing yeah, footy? Yeah, just playing footy and just doing my best, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and my, my nickname was actually Mouse. So um, uh, yeah, I don't get called that very often anymore. <laughs> um, Probably not what you want to be called, when no. You're 16 and trying to make a trying to make an NRL footy. career, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had a friend, Clint Greenshields, who that yep. connected us we together were
0: yesterday. Yeah.
1: Uh, and he yeah he took me under his wing. His his family at that point that would be oh, what's that now uh, 16 uh, 16 years ago like they were doing organic food they'd get all their organic produce like brought in. And that was like outrageous for me to have organic food So sort I of think It was just, I didn't even know there was a difference. Uh, I remember my mum dropped me off because I lived with him down in Sydney mm. and they gave us, she brought in a big box of like chips and pasta sauce and pasta and um, I don't know, canned tomatoes and just all these things, you know, like, like a sort of like a survival pack to sort of say thank you to Clint to, uh, you know, get us started and help let me live there sort of thing and uh my my mum and dad left Clint goes get that box chuck it in the bin (laughs) we're not gonna (laughs) eat any of that shit while you're here but thank you wendy that was really lovely um we don't eat like that we eat like this and he's like literally the first within the first you know 20 minutes he goes over there grab the knife we're cutting up veggies making a stir fry so like that was like a little switch just to like if this guy's playing nrl this is what it takes yeah i'm very fortunate for that because imagine if I were, not any not every NRL players like that no no <laughs> um, but like most guys you would have gone in they would have you would have been cracking beers and going, yeah. going down let's the go, yeah let's go to the uh, club surf or club or yeah exactly like going to the club and and uh, grabbing a feed so yeah I, that sort of changed that space around like just healthy and well being and, and did training you, did you take that on from that point or was that
0: like just a new experience with Clint and then when you moved away you sort of went back to your old ways yeah
1: good, good question yeah uh, <laughs> Yes and no, uh, I, because I looked up to Clint so much. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I just need to do this. Like yeah. He was such a big, you know, he was a big rigging cough yeah. sort of thing as well because he he'd yeah. moved through and he's done everything I wanted to do. So yeah. um, I did, but I used to, like, sneak chocolate. Don't tell him, but, yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like just like, yeah, have my like, bits and pieces and that. And yeah. he was, yeah, at that time, he was, like, on, yeah. you know. Um, he had lots of injuries, so he's, like, doing everything he physically could to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah and then I moved uh, to, uh, away and I just kept a lot of that I kept a lot of that base of like dinners should be good but I think the rest of the stuff sort of went out the window Definitely. you know because um, when I moved from Sydney I, I unfortunately wasn't quite good enough at the time to play in Sydney I moved back to Coffs was there for a week and I played a, a first grade trial down there um, and and it was just, like, I was either going to get my head taken off or it was just going to be, like, nowhere. Like, I, like, I think I scored, I cut, like, three or four tries in the trial sort of thing. And, but then people were trying to, like, take me out late. And I was like, oh, is this is where, like, I'm going to be hometown hero. This is what it's going to be. And that didn't sit with me real well. So I moved myself again up to the Gold Coast um, with uh, Rick Stone, who was at the Burley Bears. And I had a trial at Burley. And moved in with my pop at Eleanora. Um, and, yeah, just had a crack. They got me a job scaffolding, and that's where I probably went downwards in life. Not because I was a scaffold, but just because of the environment. I started just, like, not really worrying about what I ate in the morning, just sort of getting to that environment. You know, Pretty so. hard
0: to eat well on the building site, uh, unless
1: you've got a really strong view yeah, about something. exactly right. And it's all, all the old habits started popping back up. Sausage roll and chocolate milk. And yeah. And then come home and have... Steak and veggies, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah, so then I knew scaffolding was n- never going to be my full-time career, but I had to do it to pay the bills, because we didn't have money, and um, I was, you yeah, know, just had to make sure that bills are paid, and yeah, I'm, a, I'm an adult. It yeah, you at that stage. Yeah, so uh, what I did, I went and joined, it was fitness, uh, oh, what is it in there now? like fit, fit Oz and did, an, uh, did a two night a week course for personal training and when I walked in I was like oh okay this is one of those things where you have to just go through the motions because some of them can do a push up in there and I'm like oh wow this is these guys how are these guys going to be a coach after this and it was like okay so this is just a time thing so I've got to come here two nights a week the other three nights I've got to go to footy training <laughs> and um, didn't have a license or anything then as well uh, so I was like bussing it, and like, <laughs> just an absolute <laughs> yeah. How afterlife. how was the scaffolding? Like,
0: cause I I talk to quite a few young guys now who really want to have a crack at footy, mm. and but they've they have to do other work, yep. you know. All the guys that playing in Q Carpets yeah. such, like they they're, yep. they're going to work as well as trying to improve their footy. Like, what what was that like having a physical job as well as? Yeah, it was. Did you get used to it pretty quickly, or was it really like? You go to footy and you're just like I'm um, jammed. Yeah, like. the
1: first like pre seasons were really really tough because you're getting hammered, especially if it was hot. It's very up here as well, but yeah, it was an adaptation phase. It wasn't very long. Mm. Um, we got through it. Plus, uh, I was with a, one of my bet who's my best mate now, uh, Murray Emerson. He we worked together as a scaffold and we played footy together, so we just dragged each other. It was like you know, and um, we got. <laughs> we got good at hiding at work <laughs> um, But scaffolding is like Literally just hard labour yeah. Like It is like You yeah. just lift yeah, heavy like shit And carry it over there it? Yeah pretty much Yeah uh, So yeah it was One of those things We always really had A good Both of us always told our bosses though That like where our main priority was Yeah But because we were always on time Yeah We never had sick days Yeah you weren't turning just, up yeah, Drunk, you or never turned drunk Yeah you up drunk Yeah and, and we just were you know, Curtis or whatever, and just did our work. We yeah. might not have been the best, but you yeah. know, we uh, we did as best we could, sort of thing. Um, do, you, do you think, like, because then you got professional footy players now?
0: You know, I'm, I'm going down the Roosters again on Monday, and yeah. you look at the environment that those guys are in, and yeah, they do play better footy than semi-professional guys. Like that's why they're on the full-time yep. you know contracts, and these guys are not. But from that perspective, now and now you've done triathlons, and you've you know you've been through a lot of different things physically. Mm. Like, do you, do you feel like, you know, pro footy players could do more, you know, based on your experiences of, you know, training twice a day yeah. and this and that. And like, yeah, definitely. you've done individual sports as well. I guess yeah. like even comparing footy to individual yeah. sports, like to triathlon yeah. or, you know, those that are, they've got a different energy system. But like, I guess the best example now, or one of the best comparisons you could make is CrossFit mm. is like, you know, how much volume of training those guys are doing. If you just look at what the heart does for a week yeah. for them versus what the heart has to do for a free player. And I know there's differences with the contact and with the skills and that sort of stuff, but are you got... Like... Yeah,
1: I do. I, I think there's two sort of sides to it as well. I was It's funny you say that, because I, I was actually lucky enough to have a conversation with Craig Bellamy last Friday. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, very strange. Um, anyway, it uh, we were just talking about how I ha- happened to influence... Uh, Dom Bedgwick, uh, who is the Olympic diver that I train, and he was asking me how I influenced him. And the only thing that I said to him was, like, through the Commonwealth Games, you need to be grateful for what you're getting because, like, people don't get that experience. Like, you get to go to a, a village and get free food and be on media and then a car picks you up and takes you to the pool and then it picks you up and takes you home and all that kind of stuff. And I said, general public would pay thousands for that. And you get it every single day handed it's to you. Experience of a lifetime. Yeah, so I think, and what I was saying about the rugby league players, I believe because they don't have any of that, because mm. they haven't had to do any hard labour, um, and yes, that's their choice because they've been good footballers and they've put their, um, you know, uh, energy into that, but they don't have any perspective on like what they should be grateful for. Mm. I really don't think if they had to lay bricks, they'd go and get pissed every after every game and do stupid shit. Which, know, which, which like, they
0: don't, you know, like it's a generalisation. Yeah, yes, like you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's like there's, that. There's some guys
1: that drink, and there's a yeah. lot of guys that don't it's drink. That and sort and, of, yeah. They, I think that they, yeah, they put that. They would put things, yeah. Like you said, like yeah, that is actually very jet <laughs> Sorry, all the footballers. I mean, it's like that. Yeah, they have that place where because they have a lot of time off as well. Yeah, it's not well filled. Um, so I was even saying they, it should be like a three day, a, three days a week they work or something, mm. and it doesn't have to be bricklaying or it doesn't have to be so labour intensive, because mm. they physically could do it, and that's the other side. Like physically, yes, they could do it mm. for sure. Like they, they uh, it would it would harden the mind a little bit, as you're saying, you know, like, and if they want to be so, because because the NRL clubs are so good now, if they want to be. Uh, monitoring it, monitor it, mm. monitor it with your heart rate variabilities. Like yeah. monitor it with science and tell them to have a day off work if they need it. Like, mm. yeah, so yeah.
0: It'd be, it'd be very interesting to to track it with like an aura mm. ring or one of these yeah, sort of new exactly technologies. It's right. yep. like on ongoing kind of. I don't think it's going to happen that the top guys are going to go nah. do day jobs, especially not physical physical labour. And they do have so many other little time demands. Yeah, not, like, yeah, if you look at what they're like, there's a lot of challenges and things that I would really struggle with that they, you know, they have to do, like mm. media appearances and, you yep, know, going sure. here and there. And, like, it would just them...
1: interrupt the work if they did try and do it and that as well. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And, a lot like, a lot of them are really giving it their time and, you know, they're happy to go do things for mm. sponsors and, you know, hospital visits and that I know mean a lot to a lot of the players. Like, yeah. it's, it's cool that it means a lot to kids and parents and stuff to see mm. them as well and all, all that stuff is, is good. But, yeah, from that purely physiological side, I wonder... I wonder whether the fact that it's a team and the fact that you know some of the guys at some you know some clubs and in different team sports around the world are not going to put effort into their recovery, yeah. you know, they're going to go out and party and whatever like does does the whole team culture then have to like the whole team training load have mm. to be adjusted to fit into that kind of yeah. old yeah, old culture and it's not just rugby league, you know it's across lots of sports, but you know yeah like if you're preparing for the Olympics. Like how often do you go get shit faced? You know, yeah, in the, exactly in the, in the right, Olympic yeah. year yep. or even two, three years out from the Olympics, like yeah, you know, these they do it. But I guess it's different cultures and different sports. Yeah. But it's, it's something that's interesting to ponder.
1: I think but, I, I was, pr- and as well, like those top end guys. It's very small percentage across the big thing. I I, I was probably look, thinking from a mind of like our like local clubs and stuff like that as well. Like, yeah. That culture is just worse as it gets deeper and away from the top end, like yeah. So like if you're not maybe full time, you're like a young guy, not working, but you've got enough money to survive. Like they're just like playing video games and like eating shit food and partying and looking for the next you know. And then as you come down through the footy like cycle, the drinking. It's like we don't we work all day, we train, and then we get to the weekend, and then we play, and then we they get drunk after it. And then Monday sucks, and Tuesday sucks, and then it's like, oh, this is no way to live. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, and whether there's a footy game in
0: there or not, that's probably a lot of <laughs> society as <laughs> yeah, well. Like, exactly right. probably better at least having the camaraderie of a team of and team. Yep. physical Family. challenge, and you maintain some sort of physical presence and that through that sort of stuff. But for sure, um, I think Bellamy. As as, a, as far as I understand it, you know, Craig Bellamy's the coach of the the Storm and one of the you know, successful rugby league coach, most successful one of the most successful guys of the modern era. For those who don't follow rugby league who are listening to this, but as I understand it, they've actually recruited country kids and they have made a really big effort yeah. to make players go to work during their first preseason and that sort of thing. Like I think that their, their culture and their club has actually tried to,
1: you know, build around these yeah. sorts of things and That's what he was saying. He was saying like they have like a it's hard to explain because the the terminology is very rugby league or sport related, but they have like a buy in culture. Mm. And if then and with rugby league, of course, like if you're getting paid, obviously you're buying in. But that's not always the way. It's like they have like that buy in culture, like you're saying. Mm. Like you know, they, they're all those younger guys are doing that. Yeah, he was he was you know the grants of like around that gratitude you know sort of style. Like maybe not the hard labor intensive, maybe the, you know, but definitely making sure that they're more grateful for what they're getting and yeah. Yeah, always having that sort of because it goes away pretty quick when you stuff up yeah <laughs> so, and they, and some of them aren't quite as clever with their money uh, as they should be and then when it goes away they don't really have any skills and yeah they've got not 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 much to go on from from there something so
0: and you're one of the you're the guy with this scenario right like yep. I'm talking to a bunch of 19 20 year old kids at the moment who mm. want to play NRL you're one of those guys who had that dream and it, it didn't happen yeah. Like what you know? Yeah. You, we were going through your story. Like mm. what happened there when you, you didn't you didn't get there? You you got the chance to play footy in, in France, which yeah, yes. an so awesome I was, experience.
1: I was actually yeah. So I went through the ranks with um, footy and and it sort of come to like I, I always want to be. I got to a point where I didn't give up, up on the NRL dream because I believe that was you know still possible, but. It also come to a point where I just want to play the best football I could, so I went. I played Queensland Cup, and and that's as high as it, I ever reached. That was the pinnacle of where I played, um, just a level under the National League. As yeah, so people yeah. who don't
0: really follow footy, but yeah. so And then if if you do really well in that league, you know that's you, there's an opportunity to go to mm. the NRL. Or guys who don't quite get picked up out of the junior NRL systems will go and play in that league or the New South Wales yeah, you
1: know, they're, they're the New two South sort of leagues yeah. so it's, it's a level under that top pro league mm. and uh, it was sort of yeah I was scaffolding playing there I was a type of player that was sort of uh, fringe at, when, especially in those young early years it was fringe Queensland Cup uh, down to the what they used to call Fogs Cup, which is like the reserve grade for it, yep. which was very very strong. Like we, were, I was still playing um, guys like Sam he was playing for Norse in the reserve grade. You know, so like it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best of it, but there was still some you high level guys
0: who played a bunch yeah of NRL. Yeah,
1: you know. So and there's like there's number of those. You know, and they, they were floating in and out, and that's what a lot of it was because players were coming back from NRL clubs, pushing players down guys were younger coming through and it was a really good sort of like nursery to keep going through and Murray and I um, got offered to go to France and I had a girlfriend at the time and I originally said no Um, he went and he went with a front rower from Burley as well um, Josh Blatch and they got over there and the centre from Sydney that was going pulled the pin and he rang me up and I was Kicking myself, because I was on a job site, I was scaffolding, and doing my nights in my PT. Um, I was you know, not far away from, uh, from finishing it, and you know, there was a few things holding me back, mostly fear. Um, and uh, he rang me up, he goes, mate, they want you to come over, uh, you can get on, uh, they, well, the, the coach wants to talk to you, they want you over this weekend, and that was Monday. And I was like, oh, really? Is it good? And I just asked him like 100 questions. Like, <laughs> what do you do? What do you, Like, how much are you getting paid? Like, you know, all these types of things. And and he goes, hey, look, just say yes, man. Just get over here. And uh, so Buzz rang me, coach rang me that day. I had a flight booked by Thursday and was over there by Friday morning on their time. Mm. And I played Saturday. played horribly Saturday, too, <laughs> <laughs> after the flights and that. But as it like that was huge for me for from a guy a kid playing in Cossaba, um, like France like both of my parents as a bit of perspective to the story none of them have traveled overseas other than New Zealand mm. so like that kind of travel isn't even was never in my like France is just this place that's a long way away um, so I was like well I'm on the plane and like I still remember like being in the airport, like holding onto my bag, making sure like no one touched it, and like just that really scared kid, you know. And um, flying into Heathrow, and I had I didn't have a visa, so I had to do it all backwards because they wanted it done quickly. So they said just come, um, and we'll fix your visa up on our side. So I went, and I got to Heathrow, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Oh, I've just seen a mate," and they're like you've got, like, no money. Like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, just hanging out with him and, you know, he's just going to hang out for Christmas and he's gone over there. Okay. And just sent me through and I'm like, oh, thank God. Of course, you were going to France and you had the
0: ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been there as well at that customs and the, yeah. I, I didn't think about it. I was flying home to Australia from Spain and the cheapest ticket was going via... I think it was Gatwick or yeah, yeah or, Gatwick, yeah, yep. so then I, I I got in there and it was like late at night, it was like maybe one in the morning or something, and the guy was like what, what are you what are you doing and I'm like, oh, I'm gone, going back to Australia, like I've yeah, and enough he's like, well, you don't have a ticket, and I was like, yeah, no I'm gonna buy it at the gate <laughs> it's gone like, through. Like, and he's like, no, nah, you don't <laughs> have any you don't have any money, like can you yeah. show me you got money, and I am like, oh, I've got some stuff in my bag, and I was like, well, you don't have your bag here, like you can't get to your bag, so Proved to me that you're not coming here to stay in England. And, And I was like, well... England's a shithole. I've
1: lived here before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cold as shit. It's miserable. Yeah. I basically,
0: had to tell him how crap England was, and yeah. he was like, "Oh fuck, fuck! Lucky it's late at night, mate, because you really shouldn't be coming in." And yeah, then I, I did. Weird, hey? I, I slept in the airport, bought my ticket the next day, and got out of there. The like LA, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hang around.
1: You don't think about it though hey, like, and yeah, like, like, they start asking questions. Like, oh, fuck, I didn't I don't have. Know what to I didn't say. even <laughs> have the ongoing <laughs> ticket. And I was like, fuck, yeah. this, this.
0: This might not be good
1: because yeah. there was no return. And they're like, "Well, how long you staying for?" I'm like, a couple of weeks. They're like, "Well, haven't you booked one back?" And I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, well,
0: they don't care because you're going to France, but yeah. I didn't even have my own going. So but yeah. yeah, like it's funny, they give you a hard time yeah. and you
1: sort of can get nervous. But. And, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> I know, <was> I'm sweating. <laughs> young, young kid. Uh, yeah. And then I uh, got picked up and yeah, so we and went over there and, and yeah, I lived in, in the south of France for a little while. And uh, as another sort of peg to the whole history and the whole learning curve, uh, th- when I, we, you know, when we're doing our real movement coaching, keys, one of the things you asked us was, was like, what's some defining moments in your life, and that is one of them. Mm. You know? it's me jumping outside of my comfort zone, going into the unknown, um, yeah, just leaping into the fear sort of thing. And to be honest, it didn't work out amazingly because um, the club stopped paying us about three months into our contract, and we, as young kids, and no managers just like kind of put up with it and they just trusted that they were gonna, they're like, the money's coming and it's coming and it's coming. I used my Australian credit card, which I managed to get $20,000 limit on it before I went away, because I was making a 1500 a week doing um, scaffolding. So they're like, oh yeah, 20 and I'm like, yeah, that'll do whatever, I won't even use it. Um, I'll be getting 1500 a week over there, pl- you know, paying, playing, they'll give giving us food, car, whatever. And uh, yeah. I end up coming home with that maxed out uh, and not only was it maxed out I had to get money out off the card weekly to pay for like food and stuff like that so it was like the <laughs> the um, the interest when I come back was just astronomical so I drove I flew back got back to Australia had no job no car no house 20 plus thousand dollars in credit uh, in debit um, and and wanted to be wanted to do, play footy again um, rang up my boss for scaffolding they said they didn't have anything for me for a couple of weeks um, and early we we're in pre-season so there was no money there um, and i was like all right well i'll have to go home so i lived in coughs for a week or two and then managed to get my way back up here staying on um, friends couches and all that kind of thing Just reset myself up again Got back into scaffolding, got back into Burley, and then uh, probably about two or three months later, I was just like, "This, I just can't do this anymore." Like the NRL dreams closing, um, and it, like, that sort of like sounded. To, and when I tell people that, people, some people get really upset for me. I'm like, "That's okay." Like I did as physically as good as I could do. Like I, it just is what it is. Like sometimes you run out of talent at the top end, run out of luck, run out of. <coughs> opportunity, like it's, I could put lots of things to it, you know, like, um, I'd love to be able to say, oh, I was just hard done by and coaches, coaches didn't like me, but it's just not the truth. Yeah. Um. Are you, yeah. Do you regret yeah, having not, a go at it? Not, a, not, a, not once, not even a little bit. And I played like representative, um, like, and I, I was born in New South Wales, but I played for Queensland like, representative as well. Like, i that, that's another pinnacle, you know, like, yeah. went as far as I could, yeah, I still feel like if I did get put into that place I probably would have been up to it but I just, it just never happened so it is what yeah. it is sort of thing yeah? and so then I went down that avenue and started working and I went into a place called Vision Personal Training which was just like one-on-ones um, you yeah, know very good business structured guys a guy named Andrew Simmons run, uh, uh, runs it and um, just very very like structural business so like I'm just this like you know sort of Young kids sort of just having a crack, and that gave me a lot of like good business structural yeah. ideas. You yeah, know, a few like of
0: the guys have come through that Nick Davidson, and yes, Nick, yeah, some yeah. of the other guys have been through that system. I think it was a good base from what you're saying in yeah. terms of the understanding business structures and price structures and price those structures sorts of things. Like, what, like
1: they, yeah, what type of systems you need to be in place, they run a good
0: operation in terms of that, like yeah, not necessarily the style of training or culture that most of the people that have done real movement stuff have been interested in. Yeah. but... For sure, on that and on I was, that business side, it would have been a good, good place to Yeah, just to start something just to step
1: into, yeah. Solid, yeah. And they started with, like, you had to read uh, read a book a month. So you had to do, like, book reports and things like that. So it sort of yeah. gave me, you know, that starting point yeah. of, you know, self-development. That's and, good. You know, yeah, thinking about it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was lucky enough there where my style and my personality traits and my uh, – because I never used to follow their programs. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to get – I end up with, like – the national record or something at that time with 99 sessions in a week. And I was like, super proud of that. I was like, yes, I'm the man, you know, the most sessions ever. I don't think I earned over a thousand dollars for that week though. <laughs> the business made six. pay rates are not amazing. Yeah. But. Uh, and yeah, it sort of saying that I had, a, I had a knack for the, the art of it, but I also had a, had a knack for the art of people. Mm. It was, it was more the people side that I was really good at because the training there was only half an hour. Yeah. Like, there's only so much you can get done. But the the idea of that was like trying to manipulate how those people are acting when they're going home. Yeah. And that was, you know, you know the sort of, I, I guess, what I was the best at. You yeah. Know, I started to create that, creating really strong relationships and rapport with people.
0: Manipulate's a strong word, right? I've done mm. I think I've
1: done a podcast
0: called, you know, about manipulation. Yeah. How, how do you feel about you know that people come in here they're going to be different
2: mm.
0: like that's they're coming because they want to be different yeah. basically you're brainwashing them and you're manipulating them into being different to who they are when they first come in right yeah. like that's, that's the culture that's the rules that's even the way the walls are painted and everything is yeah. going to influence that yeah. how, how
1: comfortable are you with that and how like, do you voice that or is it all is it all subliminal or yeah no, I know and I listened to that that uh, podcast and it was really like strong for me because I never probably used the word manipulate yeah, but the definition that you gave it was so powerful and rang so true to me that like uh, manipulation gets a bad rap because we only think of the negative, or well, manipulate, you know, I'm, I'm, that's a negative connotation to it. But if you mini- manipulate the person so that they create a better life for themselves, a better health, and they live longer and they have better relationships and they, um, yeah, don't, when they have a problem, they can face it head on. Like that's a great manipulation. I would believe, you know, um, and probably up until that conversation, I don't think I really voiced it was more subliminal, but, it, uh, it we definitely work off a philosophy in the BMF and I tell them that yeah. it's like, there's a philosophy here. It's a stoic one. It's, it's not mine. You know, I tell them it's not me. I just deliver it. And I'm the vehicle sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you strive F45, to embody it as much as you can. Yeah. And I like F45 have a value or a philosophy that they're sticking by. And so yeah. does CrossFit and all that kind of stuff. And if you are here and you believe in me mm. or believe in that process and believe in what I've done already, then, you're buying in and that's that buy-in culture again popping up you know and then they do manipulate to that yeah but you do have to like i put a really really high responsibility on myself for that that i don't uh that i don't let my i be try and be as aware aware as possible that i don't let my things that hold me back and um yeah my shitty traits i don't Try my very, very best every single day not to let them come out through that manipulation. So yeah, when I see someone not do as well uh, at something, and I was like, that, I would have dug in then. Like I'm not, just, yeah, like I'd step back and take it from where they where they're sitting. And it's a higher higher responsibility. But if we're gonna if we're gonna change something and we're gonna do something in this world, we're gonna take that responsibility on. Yeah, as you say all the time, you know. And uh, if this it sounds really Good now, but I was never like that like at the start, I was just like let's just rip in this is the way we train this is what footballers do like you, this is what athletes do sort of thing and yeah, yeah, and that's why that vision process sort of just run out and it run its course i was I was working really, really hard, getting no financial increase and finance wasn't really like the main criteria, but finance is the criteria when you 've got to pay rent um And you're putting multiple hours into a place that isn't getting the return on investment. So your self
0: worth probably would have been high there because you were winning. Is that like in terms of their system you were winning? Mm. Like you were at the top of the tree, you're doing all the sessions, like people there look up to you, they see you got good relations with your clients, you're busy, so you're winning there. So you probably had quite high and you generally Mm. do have quite high self image, like I'd say (laughs) it's part of the reason why you've done what you've done as well. Then when you shifted from there how did you go like when you're not getting that reinforcement from your mm. environment that you're top of the tree like did you h- how did you go personally yeah in that moving phase. into that new yeah and you weren't at a beautiful facility like you're in now yeah you
1: yeah know, uh, it was yeah it was interesting because i stepped out of vision i was managing like i hit the top of the tree as you say you know like yeah. the tree was there i was either investing in a place that may may or may not have worked and didn't have it anyway. And yeah, like you said, and, and you were right. Like I was reinforced cause I was the best. I was like top dog. I was teaching the younger guys how to do it sort of thing. And it was funny cause I wasn't teaching them the system. And I think that might've helped a little bit of self-confidence cause I wasn't teaching them directly off the system they were creating. I was actually like, this is how I would do it. You know, this is how I've got a result. Um, it's not really from that, the literature of the vision booklet. Um, so that helped a little bit stepping away Um, when I stepped out of there I went to um, Jets um, with a friend of mine owned uh, Jets you know went there and started my own business and we had massive arguments with vision and all that kind of stuff because obviously there's this contractual agreement where they can't come see you and all that kind of thing like you can't steal clients and and to be honest I was just like it doesn't matter anymore I just have to go I'm I'm hit a ceiling but I'm also unhappy and this is what I felt like I was supposed to be doing and I'm unhappy and this is where I've put the last 4 years fuck what else have I got I've got scaffolding I've always got that thing in the back of my head I could do anything else but like what is it <laughs> um, I'm starting again so I was like no nah, I'm going to double down and go harder so I went into the to there And I was just very, very fortunate once the uh, four-week contractual agreement with the vision thing was over, everyone put their uh, notice in and they all just come and found me. So it's like – and I was in in Varsity too, and that was Southport. That's a 30-kilometre – yeah, there's a lot of stuff with that legal yeah. stuff. Oh. Like
0: everyone tries to do it, but you you know a lot of the organisations really try and put pressure on PTS not to take people and stuff. But it was it's a it very funny, human business. Oh, like, it? Yeah, I was going to say, it's a,
1: and the way that they structure their business is a personal business. Yeah.
0: It's um, challenging from both sides. Obviously, someone who owns a franchise, they employ you as a trainer. Yeah. They don't want you to build a business and then you know Lead, take yeah. it somewhere else. Like it's not it's not great, but mm. it's at the same them, time you're not you know you're getting a fraction of what you're... You yep. know the that the per hour rate, like it's one hundred and thirty dollars an hour, yep. and you're getting paid twenty five dollars an hour or yep. something like that. Like, there's only so long that someone who's doing well in that system is You've gonna. Stay. And gonna that's gonna we had like
1: plenty of conversations around it too. Like it, I, that was six years too. So now you're on the other
0: side of that equation. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> now yeah. you're the owner, like, and you're like, how do yeah. I pay someone? Can yeah. I pay them twenty five bucks now? Are they going to hang around? can you get someone who's going to do a good job for that? Do you pay them 35, do you pay them 55? And then at what point is it like, well, you know, this is, you know, are they going to buy in? How own, do I get yeah. stuff to buy in? Like yep. all the challenges that they face with you, especially in like a big franchise, they face a lot. But, yeah, You know, you got all this stuff now mm. that you're, you're looking for looking to for go to the next level in, sure. in your own business.
1: Cause when I stepped out of there, I, and I went through that, uh, jets journey and had, I still had a safety net, Was like I had jets as a safety net. Like I didn't have any outgoing, you know, big facility that I had to play like pay or whatever. Just had the two hundred and fifty dollars a week rent. Yeah, and then about a year into that journey, I was like, it's still not, still not feeding this mechanism of what I want to try and achieve did you just
0: know you weren't challenged or was it like that you couldn't train them how you wanted to or was it like yeah just limited business growth or like yeah
1: limited to how I could train them because obviously I'm using machines their and facility stuff like that. their facility yeah. um, that wasn't like because
0: a lot of those facilities now are kind of like quite, they've all adapted yeah. and they've all set themselves up to do a diluted kind of crossfit is kind of... Yeah, well like back then there was only all Smith the machines.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, like that was all they no had. No squat rack. No squat rack. No bench. Uh, they had, no, they had a bench. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah but just a stationary, yeah, you know, like the one, yeah, one yeah, off bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even the chin-up bar was attached to that. Like, gyms have come thing. a long way the yeah. last ten years. Yeah, at
0: least most gyms now. There's
1: we'll have a rig or something or some
0: kind of rig squat rack. Like even when they do it terribly and the rigs like all wonky and the things don't fit together. But, yeah. like, which some of the fitness like traveling around the world like some of the fitness first and stuff still have funky gear that's like obviously the person who ordered this like they <laughs> don't know what they're care doing at all yeah. about yeah. this. They just think oh that looks something like what's on the CrossFit videos. We'll, yeah. we'll bang that in or in the functional gyms. Yeah. But they're at least now, you can, you know, it's rare to not have a chin up bar, yeah. not or have a squat dip rack. bar or something. Yeah, something. And yeah. a lot of the time you will actually find sled track. Yeah, they're you, you starting know, you to really evolve. Re- you find platforms. You know, where they haven't evolved for the most part is trainer education, in house education, mm. systems culture, like a lot of that stuff isn't there they got all the gear and no idea idea, is the the, uh, 100% the stereotype the phrase of it not that there's not a lot of good PTs working out of some of these big places but it's more by their own doing externally from my experience more so than what's going on
1: internally 100% because yeah that's what that was the thing like hitting that ceiling always had this I still remember we had to do in our fitness course we had to write a business plan and a like a mock gym yeah. and BMF was it and I told my, told my uncle um, so that was like when I was 19 so I told my uncle and he goes oh you can't call it factory they'll think it's like in the factory and I still remember him telling me that like still <laughs> yeah. like and I was like nah, but, but I like it like, so you
0: planted the seed you wrote it as a fantasy when you were 19 yeah and then when did it when did it open how old were you
1: uh, I was 29
0: yeah so 10 years later thing that you wrote down as like a flippant thing yeah actually became a physical a real th- physical <laughs>
1: yeah. reality yeah. with it up on the back wall yeah I'm <laughs> out, <that's laughs> really yeah. Cool. yeah so um and that bmf is like kind of like a mix like my name's blake morrison's like it was kind of all there yeah. body and mind i had that thing of like it's it's not just about the body the mind has to be attached to it um as you become a pt you realize that most of it most of the issues that people face are adaptive, not technical, like they're all about where their head is. So if you fix their head most of the time the action will come after that. So that just sort of just it just tied in and showed showed it to me more. And so I jumped out of there. So that was always like so I was like limited on what kind of training I could do and then I always had this envisionment of what I wanted. So then I had the opportunity for a fifty square meter space. In uh, Burley, it was an old storage room. Uh, the roof height was, I think it was uh, 2 metres, 2.1. Yeah, Benny, Benny could do a handstand and touch his feet and his hands, so that would be...
0: Must be a bit, probably like 2.4 or something. Yeah, and it was.
1: Yeah. it was like it felt like you had a duck when you come in through. The, <laughs> um, had this big sewage pipe, and now that's going to sound really disgusting, but it's just like this pipe that ran through the middle of the gym, and I put a yellow and black sticker on it to make it look cool. <laughs> Pretty much, so you don't hit your head on it as well. Um, you couldn't do overhead press properly because you, yeah. if you locked your arms out and you were tall, you'd hit the roof. And, the plane <laughs> um, and who, how did you? Who offered you that? Or what? that was a client of mine. So she ran the apartments that were above it. And she was a
0: client at Jets, or she'd been with you through. No, Vision? just from
1: Jets. She was, her brother trained with me at Vision. Yeah, and then he came to me with the jets, and it was closer to her. Then she started training with me as well, yeah. as well as their their other brother as well. So like sort of training the know, whole Did she know? Did you time.
0: know? Did she know that you were looking for something? Or uh, did it yeah, just I, sort of come
1: I constantly up. talk to my clients about like what, you're what I want about. and what you know, because you know, my belief is if if I can show my vulnerability and show, well, at least not even vulnerability, but just what I want to my clients, they buy in heavier. Mm. Just like us, when someone tells us like I want to. Create a business, or yeah, you know, whatever it might be. You buy in. Yeah. Like if someone says something to you, like it's like, oh yeah, I'd like to see you do that too. You know? Yeah, you want, the, you want that even around their body and like yes, exactly. Tell right. you
0: what you want, but also why haven't you got it? What's you know what's been in the way? And yeah. like if that's part of the problem solving, if you know that the mind is the is the main thing that needs to shift yeah. for you to give them the physical result that they want. Mm. Like if that's true, then you you know you're already demonstrating to them. Look, I'm, I'm in this game. Yeah. I'm like, in there I'm for, a, yeah, yeah, the
1: long haul rather than just, yeah, the, the short. And I've been really lucky because I think I lead with that. I've had, like, a lot of higher retention. So, like, I've still got guys that started with me at Mermaid um, over 15 years ago. That vision? Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: yeah. So why, why do you think you were good at vision? Was it, like, people, people skills? Like, what do you think? What specifically does that mean? Like, for someone who's mm. listening, who's coaching – or wants to wants to coach better like what do you think is why, why were you the guy with the 99 yeah. sessions and and other people getting sort of 20 30 sessions and
1: um i've sort of stepped back and had a look at it because i got asked that question a little while ago and i think it sort of comes from two paths. like my my dad is very like hard worker stern like no fuss like um He just gets in and gets it done sort of thing like um that's his sort of attitude my mum is like this precious flower um that like um like someone be like falls over in the park and she's like oh are you okay and comes over and helps them and i've got this like fine line between the two i believe like something hard enough to tell people the way it is i think i led firstly with like truth and i didn't really worry about how they were going to react to that truth so it was sort of like hey look the reason why you haven't got any results. The true reason deep down is if we go through it, there's layers to it, but it's because you were lazy. Like that's the end point. And then let's start peeling back that onion and see what the layers are and why you're lazy and all that kind of thing. And then I've got better at that job rather than just calling people lazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I had some like truth and some honesty there and some some empathy as well. Yeah. So like truth, you know, really hard and hardened on them. With what they wanted, then had the empathy around the struggle, and then just trying to keep them as accountable, accountable as possible. Yeah. yeah, accountable to themselves too. I never really wanted anyone to rely on me and need me. That when I had seen that in a client, I actually pulled away because I don't want them to need me. Emotionally, yes, yeah. Like it's like if I'm not there or if I don't, if I don't, if I'm away a week, they won't train. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or
1: yeah, if I if I didn't turn up to them doing a fun run, they. It's like the end of the week. Like it's like because if you create that, like it's too too much pressure for us to yeah. take on for one. Yeah. and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Yeah,
0: yeah. they got no autonomy. Yes, it's one of the yeah key things in drives, and So yeah. autonomy is yep. one
1: of the things that people need to, need to have, yeah they have to have that self. If they don't have, can't have their own like self-accountability to themselves, then it's going to be really... like the, My accountability will... If it goes away, or if they say, I'm going to drink water today, and then I don't message them at the end of the day, they're like, well, he didn't message me, so I didn't have to drink it. It's yeah. so, <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's fine, very fine line stuff. Yeah. Uh, lots of failures, lots of stuff-ups, lots of arguments. Um, yeah, you had. Have you had many arguments with clients? That yeah, like, and of course and, they would don't do
0: the work or other
1: um, stuff. Just mostly, most of the time, it's around accountability. Most of it is they say something to me when they first start, and then six months down the track, when it's not happening, they don't want to be accountable to what they had they've said six months ago. And it's either they need to own up to changing you have
0: conflict with them about
1: that. Yes, and it's like, hey, like nothing's changed. And Instead of me just going, I'll close my eyes and I just need their money. I'll just confront it, Um, and yeah, that gets to the sticky place where it becomes my fault, and it's like, okay, well, it's my fault. Then if it's not happening with me, maybe we should seek someone someone else's advice and uh, go down those sort of avenues. I had one nice one right at the table we're sitting at now. A guy said had has had some massive, massive issues with drugs and alcohol, and we're trying to get him back on on track and just he just said to, I said all I want you to do man is just be a man of your word for the next month so just be mindful because one of the best things a coach taught me was if you can just do what you say you're going to do it'll be the most powerful thing you ever do in your life it'll make you be aware of what you're saying instead of like I'm going to be I'm going to run every day and then you don't run every day and then you've got guilt and you're disappointed and resentment to the person you're told and all these things. Like, it's not the running every day that matters. It's the breaking the deal with yourself. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. And he goes, and I spoke to him about that. and He goes, all right, I'm going to do 50 push ups while I'm away every single day while I'm in, well, you know, while I'm away on holidays, uh, on work holiday. And I was like, okay, 50. He's like, yep, 50. And I'm like, okay, so if you miss 50, you're going to do 50 calories for every day that you miss. Yep, 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 yep. And I said, no, no, you're going to do 50 calories every single day that you miss in push ups. You're away for 10 days on the bike when you get back yes mate i'm gonna do it i need a change okay he went away come back didn't do any of the days (laughs) zero days (laughs) zero days and i was like pulled up the bike i'm like all right on you because i said how'd you go mate i actually messaged him the day before he come in how'd you go with those push-ups didn't get anything back which means they haven't done it (laughs) or something's gone on Uh, he turned up so good on him for turning up um then he said he just he walked straight past me Goes, i'm not fucking doing the bike and started setting up a bench press. I said, You're not touching that bench press in here until you finish these calories. And he goes, Oh, you don't know what's happened to me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what's happened to you. We made an agreement before you left. He goes, Well, oh, you know, my girlfriend left me. I said, mate, my wife left me a month ago. I haven't said anything about that, but you said that you were gonna do push-ups. So and then we just went back and I'm like, look, man, I'm just trying to make you accountable to what and make the proper change. I said, if you're not gonna do the cows, I'm not gonna do the bench with you. So, we'll call it call it quits. then, hey, he said, righto, then, and that was it. <laughs> um, still, I can I've seen him down the street. We're still t- we can talk and all that kind of stuff. He probably doesn't think very much of me, but that doesn't really matter because we're still sticking to. I'm sticking to my values. Well, and I don't think he's gonna? What's he gonna think of you? Like he's gonna. He's, he, he can't really have a thing with
0: you. He just made a deal with you, and then he. <laughs> He went back on the deal. There's <laughs> yeah. a bit of industrial stuff going on there. I don't know if, if that's coming through, but yeah. they're not knocking the building down. But <laughs> we're just top on top uh, of it us. It might sound like it. Um, he, can't, like, what's,
1: he can't really have an issue with you because he's, it's, it's his issue <laughs> with, him, with himself really, isn't it? Like well, that's and the, that's, I think that's where I sort of come to a thing with myself. It's like, um, yeah, if I, I'm only coming from the, the, the truth that we're supposed to be both having. And I'm trying to keep them keep them accountable to that. It's not something that I made them accountable to. It's like it's not something I chose. I should say, no. they chose to do it. Um, yeah. So it's like and that's where I really be careful that it's not me coming through. It's what we've decided on.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's that careful fine line, you know. And, and like I'll, I'll apologize. I, I tell the guys in here, he goes guys, when I'm wrong. And I don't make a joke, it. Joking, that's very rare. But like, you know, when I'm wrong, I'll apologize. I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say, "Hey, I did wrong there. Like yeah. that was me, and I, I spoke poorly, or like I come across the wrong way." So we're all human, and if you can't have that humanality in here, like you see me, you've seen me three times a week for 15 years, and you expect me not to say one thing wrong. Like I might just say, "Harden up" when you're having a tough day. I apologize. I didn't like. I don't know what your day's been like, you know. Um, so it's building there, like self-esteem up and building all that up as well. Like it's a, like a bit of a journey throughout the process. But yeah, so there's definitely been those like, you know, arguments, pitfalls and, you know, disagreements with people. And as you said, I, I, one thing I never wanted anyone to walk away with that I'd rip them off with their money. So I always like I'll never, ever money for me, like, you know, with charging people, if they didn't get a session with that, it's like, I'll refund or like whatever. I never want it to be money. If they have a disagreement about it, fine, have it back. Yeah, I don't w- get walked on but you know like yeah. I'll never rip someone off yeah, no one's ever left because of that um, they've either left because left they either financially can't afford it and most of the time that can be to me it's an excuse that they just want out um, or if they've had genuine hardship yeah. then I'll be I'll probably know it yeah. uh, and they'll be back yeah. Um, so yeah that's where it comes down to or they just go yeah hey like it's not for me like your beliefs and your philosophy probably doesn't work that well with me and you know what it's like if you start questioning people's beliefs it's probably the hardest part of your life journey it gets very very icky and it's um people will either put their head back in the sand and go back to where they were or they'll try and pop up and keep facing those things you know yeah and that's where i pretty much got to with with the the little was 50 square meters and that's what I was saying to the guys last a couple of weeks ago. I was just playing it safe all the whole time. And I, and that's when I, I reached out to you. I was doing one-on-one PTs, round the clock again, still, you know, like just flying my flag that I was the best one-on-one PT coach in the Gold Coast, because I had the, the most amount of sessions and like I would talk to PTs and they're like, How many sessions do you do a week? And I'm like, oh, 60, 70, and they'd fall over. And I'm like, well, that obviously means I must be good. Like, you know, it was just that reinforcement around the more yeah. I do, the better I am. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a dead-end goal. I, I decided to give away footy because I needed to do more work. I needed more hours on the book to be able to fit more people in. Um, and that's where I went down the journey with you. And I actually, I remember reaching out to you and, and saying, oh, I just need a community to be a part of. And I was saying that a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if you remember that. That was not the re- reason. It was part of it, but it was probably, like, the low-level stuff. Yeah, I was, like, missing being a part of footy. Yeah. But what I was looking for was, like, yeah, like, to be some answers, some answers to where, like, I was going wrong, you know, and some, some, like... You knew that something had to change. Like, that wasn't going to be your path long-term. Exactly, right. And I, I sought out you and seeked out you for there was things that you had that I didn't sort of thing. It's like that every coach sort of, you know, like, you see things in them that you know that you would like to have. Um, and then that just evolved even more and just evolved and evolved and evolved. And to be honest, I was probably like, yeah, like in the bottom percentile of performers of guys in the group that I was in at the time. Because you had guys like Jackie and Brando and these kind of guys that were, and Mitch Pike and they were like, they just, yeah, out deadlifting me. But to, they're probably the guys
0: that you focus on as well. Like over the course of time, like I'd say, you know, I was probably, you know, I probably gave you a bit of a hard time or wanted you to progress a bit because you'd had that footy background, yep. you're quite a big guy, and some of your numbers... Were just so low. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really <laughs> yep. reflect that. And yep. But you were doing triathlons as yeah, well, and yep. I, I probably didn't respect that as much either because I'd, mm. you know, come through poliquin kind of influenced education where triathlon's another way to say that you're on the way out (laughs) yes it's it's more of a statement about your sexuality than it is about (laughs) your training preference or it's like some kind of it's some kind of taboo thing that you're like oh fuck look what's he doing that for like yeah so i probably had a bit of that attitude about it which i probably still do to to be fair like i value speed power strength like that's I worked in footy like that's what i've never had like i was the weak skinny kid so mm. I, i've valued that stuff endurance has sort of always been like if you put the time in it'll be all right yeah, like and sure. i was naturally okay at it because i was willing to hurt and i would run around for a while like just and i wouldn't say i have great you know i wouldn't go beat in a triathlon now and I, like it's deteriorated because of that attitude mm. but yeah, like I—that was the point. I mean, the point of real movement is to challenge guys. Yep. What could you be doing better with your business? What could you be doing better, you know, with your self-development? But also, like, will you say you want to change the world? Like, because that's yeah. pretty most of the people that we work with. Like, it's like, yeah, I really want to make an impact on the world. Like, I yeah. want to make a difference in people's lives. Yep. And most of the time, when people say that to me, I'm like, well, if people emulate you, what are they? What are well, they, they going to be? It. You know, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. Right. So that's that's the hard mirror. It's yeah. like, and you know, it was,
1: it was the best. Honestly, it was. I know it's easy to say because you're right here and like, we're having a conversation about it but it's one of the best things. It's, it's another now pinnacle of my life changing by being able to step away from it and have a look at it because it challenged the way I thought. Like it challenged how I thought about myself, how I seen myself. Like yeah, my, um, it was, like you said, it's not really about the numbers being low. It's just like the thought around the numbers. Like they are just, they, were, they weren't great but I thought they were great. Even things like you... I think you said to me one time... um, Because I never used to do any more than 10 deadlifts because you couldn't hold the form for long enough. And you were like, well, how come you can run... one? If you can run one good step, you can run two good steps, which means you can run a marathon with good form. And I was like... It was like this light bulb just, like, kicked off in my head. I'm like, well, fuck, you can do 50 deadlifts then. You just need to have the form and capability of holding one good and then multiply that effect through endurance and you know like your ability and I was just like and just things like that just kept breaking my belief down they were like the, 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 you know, the top layer stuff kept chipping away at it things like juggling man my, my juggling journey like I've got the videos in, that I show my BMF guys I had two left hands <laughs> like I was like I Smashing shit <laughs> like, still Tell
0: that story yeah. Tell
1: the, the table tennis Oh yeah <laughs> uh, So we when, we, we when I lived in France We played table tennis Every single day That was like Our little thing And I never For the first At least two months I lost every single game To nil it was like I couldn't see the ball. Like it was like it was. It was like this. And with footy players, they would have been. Oh man, you would have known about it. Yeah, it just absolutely <laughs> spastic. And then like, that. and then what we had to do if you got to nil, you had to put your shirt over the top of your head, and they gave you a free gut shot with a paddle. So they cracked the ball into. You. And it's like, and then on New Year's, I think it was New Year's, I had to do a nudie run around the house because I got beat three games in a row to nil. <laughs> um, that is pretty bad, though. Like, oh, it's like to not even get one away, like, and for them to not miss one. <laughs> how did you? How did how like how did you go with that? Because oh man, it was quite. It, it was quite a.
0: Um, easy to laugh about now, but I've never been
1: that. Yeah. Humiliated, like, thoroughly yeah. defeated, like, it quite consistently. Yeah, it was quite a thing. Like, it actually knocked my confidence around a bit. It did. Like, that's the truth. Like, it sort of, like, made me, like, question, not question my footy ability, but, like, hand eye. Like, and then people would be, I might drop a ball and they'd be like, oh, here he goes. And I'm like, oh, I know this story is, like, getting created around me not being able to catch a footy, which is, like, not, not the truth, obviously. But, yeah, like, you start to build, like, this thing around that. And,. I suppose it got shoved down a little bit further. You know, we never really addressed it. I got better. I think I got five points. It was the best best game I ever got. Um, and then we went back through. So that all those years went past. And um, <laughs> so we, you reckon you never won a game? Never, not once. Not even close. Not <laughs> we used. They used to go. Oh, we'll just play to, play to nine man, because we're going to win anyway. Like. <laughs> Um, I would I would put the back of the board up and try and like practice with myself and like the whole lot and just. See, it wasn't like you completely gave up or you weren't trying hard or... Nah, like, I was I hated my, me me and Murray are the most competitive people like we've had fights in the middle of a street Just because and when we used to sc- scaffold together we used to like blew each other Someone at the door here. We're yeah. really gonna have to uh, check out who's there <laughs> This is a a story,
0: because there's someone else there with the, uh, one of the girls who joined and did the juggling challenge. She said, well, I think I'll do everything in real movement, but I don't think I'm going to be able to juggle because I don't have vision in my, one of her eyes, I don't know which one it was, but she's basically like, I can't really see very far, I can't drive at night, my eyes are really weak, I don't think I'm ever going to learn to juggle, and so it actually turns out and she I reposted the other day like she, she's four ball juggling now and i think that's that's a huge part of why that stuff is in the program i taught someone else to juggle again this morning like to have people who think they have a huge weakness you know that become a strength and now like she can she can four ball juggle she's you know very few people in the world can four ball juggle most people think it's absolutely impossible that they would ever get to that level that is what i that's what i love like there's a lot to juggling in itself in terms of you know building neural connections and hand eye and that sort of thing but that limiting belief of well i have weak eyes i'm never going to get there um yeah like i i love breaking that stuff down and Mm. that story with Leo is with her vision is 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 one of my favourites, but Blake's is
1: funnier, so I let, <laughs> yeah. let him finish it. So then I uh, come back from yeah overseas, and and Murray bought a house on in Talabudra, and he's like, oh man, I bought a table tennis table. And it was yeah because it was his first house, and yeah, We've got the man cave up, and I'm like come over, we'll have a game. Walked in, uh, smoked him twenty one five or something like. That. He's just he's just like looking at me, going, what the hell. And what had happened between that phase, when we started the real movement, it was just before Christmas and I couldn't, juggling was like, it was was definitely like something I'd wanted to do, definitely couldn't do. Um, And I just started, just went through the phase, like just went through the skill development that we needed to. I was the type of guy that has to do like the process too. Like I had to go two ball, throw the right one, throw the left one, catch them 10 times before you move on and then throw the left one, throw the right one, 10 times, then move on, sort of thing. And now I have it, like, closed eyes, just it's just so smooth, you know, like, over the top, waterfall. Like, I never... I, to be honest, I never, like, progressed it to the five ball. Um, definitely gone into the four ball, but it's, like, that evolution sort of style where it sort of it found its point for me, yeah. where it's given me the confidence and... You're not given going to be me, world's best in everything. Yeah. yeah. Choose. Until it, it serves you. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I never, and what I was proud of most, and that's one of the biggest things I was proud of, was I didn't just stop at that, just the normal level though. I pushed it, yeah. and now I pushed it again, and pushed it again. Then I went, okay, now that's probably where the for the net for them for now yeah. that's where it all stopped. Yeah, I know that I definitely when I like uh, take a bit of my time away from. Um, some events and things like that. Like I know that that's where I'll be going in the future when I'm mm. getting older. Like just really keeping that active and mm. push that, and then we'll take it where it needs to go. And you're 36. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it just becomes <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was like that um, thing. He was just blown away, and then he come back, and it was like a full game. Like we were riding. Right, he goes, "Oh right, I've got to switch on now." <laughs> and Muzzer's always had good hand away like yeah. good football halfback. back yeah. you know, very very talented with his hands. Good kicker. Um, all that kind of stuff So he, like, he had it And it was just like So then it became become fun And a game And a bit of a challenge And all that kind of stuff And yeah I put it down to that And I remember your brother Asking me um, When he took over Norse He's like What would you We're just t- talking One day down at Burley He's like What would you give If you took over Burley What would you do for them What would be the first thing you'd do I said Well look um, One thing I'd, I'd get them all to Like to buy-in to what our theory is or what our philosophy or whatever the thing is you know, that we want uh, to try and reach. And second would be, like, I'd put three balls in front of them and get them to juggle. And I said to him, I bet you will have the full-back, the hooker, the halfback, back um, and some random 5'8... Uh, sorry, random uh, back row will be able to do it. But some of them will struggle. But if they have that development, they'll catch footies where they wouldn't even, never have never caught them before... Like, cause then I've gone back. I went back to Crum and I didn't drop one football last year, not one. Like, and it was yeah. Like, and like that's uh, like from going from like possibly having that in the back of my head that I used to drop a few, um, yeah, to like safe as a house now. <laughs> uh, was like yeah, again a confidence builder. Now I put implemented that at the BMF, and that's why I implement it. Yeah, I implement it not. F- I know that. It's about that neural connection and, and development, but for me personally in here, I teach it for um, the, when you can't do something and then you are able to do something, that's the growth in confidence, but that's how yeah. you, you, you know, like, and the discipline to stick with something when you have to fail so many times. Yeah, like you, It's based on failure. Yeah, You fail, you, you start again, you fail, and it, like a thousand times in a session. <laughs> you drop them And then you pick them back up Drop them, pick it back up You get us all back From picking them up um, And I sort of say to the guys If you're not willing to do that You're probably not willing To do anything That When it gets hard You won't break through You won't have a breakthrough You know So yeah. that's how I use it In here Yeah with um, it's I've had that chat In
0: lots of different forms mm. Over the years And it's One of the biggest things I think people want When they talk to me And they're thinking about Joining Real Movement Or Even just guys In general they're like, I, I want to. I want confidence. I want to mm. believe in myself, and I want to feel confidence. And it's kind of like the what, what we're saying about I want to change the world. Like I want to. I want to help people. It's like, well, what do you got? What do you got to be confident about? Mm. You're confident that you can walk across the room because you've walked across rooms over and over again. Yeah. A, a one-year-old is not so confident of getting across the room. They might get there, but they might fall over. Mm. A six-month-old, they're not confident they're going to walk across the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's got to be a process that builds confidence and it's mm. like people just want to magically have confidence or you know sometimes I had this I had a debate with my wife yesterday about <laughs> on our date um, <laughs> about like self love and it's like yeah but unconditional self love like that's that's not really how it works like mm. you need to be proud of the process that you're involved in and be excited about the journey that you're on and that that's what makes a good life but you never actually really Get to that point where it's like, yeah, I'm the man I'm now. The man. Like, <laughs> yeah. as soon as you feel like that, like everyone's gonna call you a dickhead, and yep. the walls come crumbling. You kind of walls on
1: top of exactly. you. You actually feel less, like you know less, but it's also confidence in that. Like it's like because for me, I feel like it's broken my brain down into. I know it sounds arrogant, but that's where the confidence is. I can sit here and say, if I want to do something now, I can do it because it's broken down. Like, if I want to be a good at Olympic lifting, I just need to learn how to do it and then just do it over and over and over, okay? If I want to make a million dollars in this business, I need to learn how to do it and then just stick with it and go on over and over and over. Like, it has just, like, bro- like, created this space where it's like, okay, I need to choose what I want to do and then I have the belief around wanting to do it. And people will be like, oh, I can do anything. That's not really it. So I believe if I put myself to it, learn how to do it, then I could do it. Yeah. it's going to take a time and a process, and yeah. whereas like oh, saying I can do anything is yeah, just like a yeah, people get angry point. at the
0: at the secret and whatever. Like, yeah. don't sit in a room and put a you know mm. manifest a Ferrari cannot, garage, cannot, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. but yeah. sit in a room and think about well, who do I need to be mm. to be a Ferrari driver? Well, yeah. I need to be someone who wakes up at this time. I need to be someone who reads this material. I need to be someone who hangs out with these kind of people. Yeah. And that, I think, is where, you know, I think The Secret does actually say that stuff. Like, Mm. imagine, you know, think of the process, think of who you need to become, and then what actions would take you towards that today. And then it actually becomes something cool. Like, and there is an energetic side. You have to give yourself permission to dream and to imagine and and that sort of thing. But if we come back to that. that, that confidence thing, which I think is such a huge thing for people in society right now, in the social media age, like someone fucking outlifted you today. Like there's mm. some 12 year old girl somewhere <laughs> yeah. who, you know, is Don't warming up. With longer, your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. We, there's, that, that, is, that is the reality. So how do you deal with that? I believe you deal with that by having, being engaged in a process where, you know, if I continue along the way that I'm living today, I'm going to a place that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if you're doing that, then you can deal with someone else warming up with, you know, in your, your, your max, you know, and, yeah, like. exactly right. And I think that's what the juggling, like, is such a graphic, you know, such a big illustration of. And because it is so foreign to people and it seems a bit silly and all that sort of mm. thing. Like, it's, you know, you you got you to gotta be willing to engage in process. Yeah,
1: They're only looking at it like a surface level thing that it's like, yeah, like, that's why I kind of say to the guys. It's, it's like, it's not juggling. It could be double unders or, yeah. like foot juggling or swimming like I couldn't swim and then I could do I've done an Ironman now like yeah yeah I couldn't swim further than 50 meters but because I had that belief around if I can swim 50 I can swim 100 which eventually will turn into 4k yeah and then
0: <laughs> let's let's go into a bit of endurance training and I think yep. like my my thing with that is and I've already shared on the endurance training a little bit but my thing is if you can't take one good step no, and this is not an original thought, like I've heard this from other people, but mm. if you can't take one good step, if you can't run a good 100 metres, you've got no right to run a marathon. Yep. If your 100 metres looks like crap, if you're slapping and you're all over the place and your belly's jumping up and down, <laughs> like get yourself yep. into shape where you can run a reasonable 100 metres that looks okay. I'm not saying 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm not saying like Usain Bolt. 15 seconds, like mm. 17 seconds. But if it's a 25 second 100 metres don't go and train for marathons yeah, yeah. like you're you're in horrendous physical shape yeah. that's a that's a bad idea nah, like bad. It is become yeah. a human first yeah. go back to something like what some of your ancestors you know if you were that person 500 years ago in the mountains of Scotland people come over the hill and you you try and waddle away from it you know <laughs> yeah. you don't get yeah. very you don't far get very like right. you, yeah you're getting chopped in women and children they're <laughs> yeah. gone yeah. you know like yeah. so you got to get back to well yeah this is I'm in a somewhat human body I can take Uh, 100 you know I can take a few good steps I can take Mm. 40 50 good steps let's expand on that like that's my kind of thing with the endurance training is like at, at least be able to do it okay like with swimming like if you can't do a reasonable 50 with good technique and hold things together then practice, you know, yeah, practice, practice that, the 50, yeah. and then build on that. Yeah, right, like I think yeah. people try and layer volume on top of shit. And yeah. you know, what do you have if 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 a little bit's shit, and <laughs> then you do a lot of it? What do you <laughs> got?
1: A lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It? Right, yeah. So it's like just trying to get a little bit of good, yep. and, then, and then build off the back of it. I right. think the reason why, again, very generalised, but most most of what I've seen, the reason why people do it is one to lose weight, which is which is. <laughs> Absolute insanity um, and two to prove that they're tough, yeah. so there's something around them being tough that they really love, yeah you can get it definitely from somewhere else yeah like some I think fighters do that sometimes, Like people start fighting to prove their toughness, or yeah. anything, but then they once they go down that rabbit hole they're like, oh everyone's tough
2: yeah.
1: um, and you know they have to learn the skills and to be a big a good fighter yeah, but it's like toughness because I know that was mine. Yeah. That was my reason. Yeah, I wanted to prove that I am worthy enough of being able to do it because it's an ultimate echelon event sort of thing. Um, the Iron then, Man, yeah, the Iron Man, like the, the pinnacle, you know. Um, and they advertise it brilli- brilliantly like if you can do an Iron Man, you can Just do anything. The name of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the Iron Man. Sounds like a superhero, doesn't There's, it? Yeah, it's, and yeah. people are getting tattoos with it on, like you see guys that um, there's a, and an old guy swims at Palmy Pool. He's got, like, 17 um, tattoos on the back of his calf of all the ones he's finished. Like, it's a thing. Like, a, it's become a, a cult-driven, driv- you know, uh, phenomenon or something. And, like, I was like, I want to do the Hawaiian Ironman because it's, like, it's the pinnacle. Well, when you actually learn two things about Ironman, you've got to be in the top 10 of your age group in the world to go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a pipe dream. Yeah, you know when you say well, you got to give
0: your life to that, basically. Yes. Like The people who go there, yeah. they're not messing around.
1: No. My, my 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 good friend Hayden, um, uh, best man at my wedding, he uh, is a phenomenal athlete. Like he's, and he's the guy I was talking about with the endurance. Like he wants to do a two forty five uh, marathon this year to qualify for, for New York, and he's going to do it. Um, trained around the clock, his discipline is more than you've ever seen anyone. Like if he doesn't miss sessions, if he if he misses a 20k run, he'll ride 120 in the morning and run 20 in the arvo the next day. Like some of the program I have to do for him now is like have a rest day, sort of thing. You know, like I'm trying to teach him. This is he had a coach prior to me, and an absolute freak. And he and he did not miss a beat with training, and he competes well. He doesn't like. Um, he doesn't have, like, performance anxiety. He's a flow state kind of guy. Like, I've seen him, like, played footy with him for years. He won us games and, you know, like, that's not an issue. And, um, yeah, trained the house down hours and hours and hours, like 20, 20 to 25 hours a week for, like, 18 months straight. And went down to Port Macquarie. And uh, the top, uh, top six at that race end up qualifying. And he run eighth. Like and he's like I just there's no more like I did nine I did a nine hour like a nine I think it was nine fifteen roughly or something like Iron Man like if I did an Iron Man me personally like I'm looking at thirteen hours like he's a five hour nearly better athlete than me and I don't feel like I'm a slug like that's just how good and he still didn't qualify <laughs> you know and that sort of gives you that perspective of like I want to be I want to go to Hawaii it's like well. I don't know if you know what that means. Yeah. You know, and then you start stepping back from it and all that kind of thing. And yeah, a lot of people do it for weight loss, which is like literally like on, well, I think you, I've heard you say a few times on your Instagram and, and your um, podcast and that. And I like, I just want to get you to say it more and, and the people that, are, that have influence to say it more. It's like weight training and stop treating yourself like a garbage bin and you don't need to do 20 hours of cardio a week and you'll get a result. Yeah. You know, um. It should be driven like you want to do it for yourself. Uh. You want to prove it to yourself. All those sort of things. But
0: do you ever do less cardio, or do you, is it constant? Like I know
1: it's. I I do cardio, but I I for me personally. But, but now, do you notice a
0: difference? Like <clears throat> you've done really high volume yes, ca- yep. training at some stage. Do you notice that you have to focus on eating less, or like do you see shifts in your body composition? Like if you're doing heaps of cardio, do you look yeah. good?
1: Or um, when I when I do a, a lot, I lean off. Um, but when I Like It literally comes down But then I eat shit too mm. Cause you're so hungry So hungry And then I'm in this thing And then that gets me In this place of like When it I becomes, come out of that I'm still eating shit Yeah <laughs> Like it's, just, it's really like Cause you're like oh, I just did a 25k run Like I'm pretty sure I can have this burger Yeah Like it's just a you know, yeah, and It's such a horrible Like I prefer now I do bits and pieces Like I do cardio now Just for the love of cardio I love the feeling It gives me like, not lots lots of hours. I do it enough to give me that feeling, but not enough to push me over into a place where I'm constantly tired or injured or that kind of thing. Like, like I was saying before, I just literally went to the and did an ocean swim for 15 minutes. I did um, 750 metres, come back in. I've been in the ocean. I've done that.
0: I think for so I'm, many people that would be... Like, I know for a lot of people that's one of the scariest things, mm. like to do an ocean swim yeah. and, like the freedom of being able to do that and I guess if you've been a poor swimmer which you say you you kind of were when you got into triathlon yeah
1: could swim more than 50 metres that is a big freedom thing that you've gained right through that for sure and literally that was in the pool swim 50 you have to stop come back have to stop like just was doing it 50 at a time for a while but like you were saying with the endurance stuff for me personally because I've played a lot of footy I don't have an equal body it's not equal as much as I'd like it to be as much as I train it to be as best as possible i've torn hamstrings i've broken bones i've broke both my ankles i've had a shoulder reconstruction fractured my sternum like broke my wrist. like so many things like my it's just not equal like as much as i'd like it to be yeah um you yeah, i've got a little bit of stiffness in only in the right shoulder not the left if you're not swimming like i just got those just got multiplied and, and magnified the more and more endurance work i've done yeah um, you know, just turning to the right to swim, I couldn't get my army out as far because of the RICO. And then I'll have to stretch that to try and get enough back to be able to do that properly. And then I get pain in my neck and in my wrist and things like, like it. Yeah, same with the running, like doing multiple hours. I've done, I'm a bit heavier, like if my running stride wasn't well. So I had to focus a lot on like technical stuff. Whereas you're saying like people are coming in like at 100, 110 kilos of overweight weight. So they're probably supposed to be 80 and they're 110. I'll do an Ironman or a marathon to lose the weight. And it's just like, you're just going to end up injured. And if you manage to lose some of the weight, it's going straight back on when the race is over. Because you don't want to run, keep running that amount of time and that amount of effort. If they
0: train traditionally for it, it, they'd be better. If they train like a bodybuilder, run a few intervals. And then, you know, do a few steady state cardio things. And then eventually make sure the conditioning their feet and their calves and yep. that sort of stuff and then eventually do a few longer runs yep. probably just setting the right timeline around that yes, so exactly, yeah. even drop, giving up the body time fat we get the
1: the actual race like, people come to me like I want to do a four hour marathon I'm like okay where did you get four hours from oh that's uh, 5.30s I'm like how far can you run 5.30s at the moment they're like oh 3 to 5k I'm like it's 38 more Have you, like, it, like, and you're giving me 16 weeks I'm <laughs> like oh I'm if I pull that off, you should pay me double, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> triple. Like it's yeah, exactly. Like you said they're not giving themselves the right time frame or time responsibility. Like it's they should just go and do the marathon and get through it, running well, doing it technically well, not trying to beat these times and all that kind of stuff. They're putting the yeah. It's like it's a funky like it's a funky world that like they. Yeah, they're going going through. And some people don't even understand that whole flow state thing that I was talking about, performance anxiety. Like, I get to races and people laugh at me because I've still got my thongs on. And then within the last couple of minutes, like, I've stretched and I've done my stuff and I've prepared myself at home and all that kind of thing. Chuck the shoes on, jog to the start line, and away we go. And I'll pull off a PB. And they're like, how do you do that? They've been there for two hours stretching. And my, that two hours you were at stretching, like, you're just full of anxiety and you know, pressure in yourself and that. I'm just coming ready. I've done what I needed to do. Yeah. Now it's race day. This is the fun, you know, fun stuff. Yeah. And that's footy in Mm. a nutshell, you know, like game day is the best day. Mm. Training sucks sort of thing. (laughs) Game day is like where we have our our most amount of fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just a really, like a really strange, like, I still see it now. We're going to do the marathon to lose weight. I'm like, you might, but you probably won't. Yeah. And more than likely you if you do it's going back on and tenfold because you've lost also if you've lost you've also lost muscle mass which has slowed your engine down even more yeah and you're going to be eating like you used to when you were doing a marathon so just yeah it's just like like ugly little yeah phase are people starting
0: to get the picture that muscle mass is key to youth and body composition and stuff or is Mm. it really like almost everyone you you gotta educate them on that. Yeah, everyone. indoctrinate.
1: Yeah, still, still. Yeah. Um, they don't
0: realise that muscle mass is the muscle is well, I like the way uh Gabrielle, Dr. Gabrielle Lyons says it. She says muscle muscle is the organ of longevity. She calls yeah. it muscle centric medicine. Yeah. She works with like high-end navy SEALs and those sorts mm. of people who really want to perform well in life. Yeah. And it's muscle centric medicine, muscle being the organ of longevity. Like yeah. that's fucking gold, like coming from a high quality, high caliber yeah. doctor. That message is just still, yeah, it doesn't oh, seem like not it's, even, close. it's not getting
1: there. Like, literally, if I was to ask someone, even my clients, and I'd go through it, you know, because sometimes they don't listen and it's just life, because um, they just have their own perceptions sort of built in and it's hard to break that down. It's like, how, okay, you're going to lose, all right, you want to lose five kilos in the next ten weeks. Like, what's where are we going? Where do we start? Write me a plan. You tell me what you're going to do. And it'll be like, I'm going to run every arbo. I'm like, oh, God. So you need to be here every single day or if not here at the gym, the local one that, you know, like your trail or, you know, doing your, um, that kind of stuff. Your muscle mass needs to go up. Your food needs to be looked after. Conditioning is last. Um, like your sleep needs to be looked after before you're
0: conditioning. It's almost like you've got to earn the right for conditioning. Hey, like if you're, if you're not healthy and you're fat, especially if you want to do high impact Mm. conditioning, but even if you want to go swimming or cycling, like, Swimming is proven to not work very well for yeah, body but, fat loss yeah. because you're not even supporting your body no, weight. you're like, not
1: even in tension. Like, yeah. you're, yeah, like you're in, you're in half tension. Yeah. 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 So
0: you can swim hard, and it probably would be slightly different if you could really swim hard. hard like yeah. the Elite yeah, swimmers, pull your strokes and they really, look good and yeah. they tear it up, but they also need to spend time in the gym. Yeah. You know, cyclists with their massive freaking quads, they do half their work, sometimes more, yeah. in the gym, like yeah. the sprint cyclists. Exactly but that. I think, like... If you're already stressed and inflamed and you, pop, you and you think cardio is your solution, <laughs> like you're diluted. You're yeah. already, you know, the statistics are pretty clear on the drop of testosterone in males. Yeah. You didn't go and inject testosterone in someone. And I'm not, you know, a lot of people are doing this. I'm mm. not suggesting it. Yeah. But the testosterone replacement therapy and just guys getting on the juice and whatever. Yeah you put two people on an equal training program, one was on juice and one was not mm. one of was on testosterone placement therapy. And the other blokes highly estrogenic drinking beer all the time. Got a little beer gun on him. Yeah. What's the result of that training program going yeah. to be? Like people want to say if it fits your macros, etc. Yeah. like your hormones matter. Like yeah, 100%. you go and inject all that hormone in a bull or a dog or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't need to train the same. Like yeah, the,
2: exactly like
0: right. you look at the size of the nuts on you know <laughs> yeah. goats there's and there's bulls, bulls and that sort yeah. of thing. Like, yeah they're obviously carrying more muscle mass than the, the, the feminine counterparts. Yep. And people want to, you know, if you decrease your testosterone, your anabolic androgenic profile even further and increase your inflammation, inflammation and cortisol, cortisol by cortisol, yep. going and smashing out a bunch of cardio yep. when you, you just don't have the right to yeah. it. Like yes. get, your, get your diet right. Get your, get get your
1: mass right. Even when I was doing meditate, the nine like get your stress down, yeah. like... I only got down to the lowest I got down to because I was keeping weights in my program. Like, I'd never give up my weights. Um, The lowest I got down to was 86 kilos. Yeah. You were always the big guy. Yeah, and like I triathlons, yeah, no, like-, like a big fella. Here comes a big fella. I'm like, oh, you guys haven't seen big fellas. <laughs> Go hang around the footy boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like the little one. Um, but yeah, exactly right. You know, and and because I wouldn't give up that because I would do my weights. That would be my priority session, and then those things would pop in. But I was even saying to the guys the other day, we we're training. I'm like, look, guys, I've got to just break your belief down a little bit. Jump on. And I do conditioning in here, one for mental strength, but like conditioning, like 20 minutes, like. Let's not get too like carried away. Like twenty minutes is not really endurance, um and especially if it's interval. Yeah. um And we did a twenty-minute bike set, and and I sat on one, and they sat on the other three, and I got to four hundred and fifty-five calories. Now, this is just a, a number that the bike gives you. Now, yeah, it's
0: not necessarily yeah exactly
1: what happened. But. Yeah. And the rest were on three hundred or less, and I was like, okay, let's go over the board. I'm like, right, how many drinks on average do you guys have? And they're like ten to fifteen a week. I'm like, okay, cool. In one of those, you have 200 calories, let's say. Now, we talk about this in versus out. That's where it starts. There's all this inflammation and all the rest of the shit that alcohol actually does to you that you guys don't even know about. And if you did, it would scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, actually like, And then the approach to how much it slows you down. You're not a fine-tuned athlete then and burning's not burning for you anyway. So, But in, in 20 minutes, one, we don't have the will to burn... The amount we put in anyway, because that's like two thousand calories, guys. You sit back on there until it's done, and then you go have your ten to fifteen beers. Go on, see how you go. <laughs> like it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then um, I was like the, and then even when we do, you don't have the capacity to burn as much as someone that is fit and strong anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like yeah. If that was directly true, I've burnt way more than them anyway. But it is true because I've got more mass than them. Yeah. i got my muscle mass and my body and my energy system went higher than theirs. Yeah. You know, my heart rate went higher. In the, you know, like even in that whole yeah. process. If you've got no force output, Then it, you yeah. put
0: grandma on the rower, yep. she can't even crack a sweat because she exactly can't right. produce enough force. Yeah. So, it's sort of like so this, you've still got to squat and yeah. chin up and then you can smash up
1: the yeah. rower. So, yeah. I was like, so you cross all this out, knock the beers down, smash the weights <laughs> up, and we'll do bits and pieces of this. Yeah. And they're like oh now i don't know if that's going to be the breakthrough but <laughs> no it will it's, that's what works yep. intervals intervals work for fat
0: loss because yep. you get glycogen stores down and you yep. start to actually burn fat as no a fat fuel and, fuel, yep. and yep. if you keep if you're always having the your alcohol and and your carb top-ups and whatever you just don't get to never burn be, fat as it's a fuel never there. I mean, yeah you, exactly right you spoke about it maybe it's, this is probably something that uh people would be well let's let's go first like yep. i want to go back to the targets and goals because mm-hmm. i'm massive on targets and goals yep. but there is also that huge problem with it of like people pluck goals out of nowhere and it's like actually this is probably not going to take you anywhere that you want to go it's mm-hmm. good that you've thought about something that drags you away from drinking as much and yep. you know like it give you a purpose i understand that this is a positive thing that you you know you, you're putting out there yep. but it doesn't really make any sense based on what you really want, which mm. is longevity. You want to look good in the mirror. Yeah. You know, you, you want to not be crippled when you're older. You want your joints to feel better, mm. you know, all those sorts of things you'd love more libido. You yeah. know, that if, you, if those are the things that you're actually chasing, then your marathon goal is 120 kilo overweight male. Like it's a shit goal. Shit, yeah. So, but then like, what is a good goal? So like talk about maybe some of the success that you've had with, goal setting for for yourself yep. or for crew here like
1: how does it how do you make it work how right? yeah so i lead with a little bit of the stuff we were talking about before it's like when we start our goal setting process here and it come from parts of so this is like an evolution of goal setting too and i think that's actually what happens as well so when you go down the goal setting um avenue it's like smart principle hmm. which definitely but if you, if me and you speak like openly, like that's just a given now. Mm. It has to have that built in. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like we know if we want to lose body fat, we're going to eat better. Yeah, like it's given and it doesn't. We don't have to talk about it. It yeah. just is. Um, so, what are those smart specific, spa, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and have a time frame? Exactly, it yeah. just builds a builds a parameters around what you're trying to do. You know, so yeah. it's not just like wishes on a board. Um, so what I actually get them to do first is tell me, uh, draw me a picture with words or a, write a story that I can see and I can, I can vision um, that makes like the hair stick up sort of thing of the person that you want to be. How they act, who they are, um, you know. Yeah, like what do they look like? How do they treat their kids? How are they, how are they with their wife? Um, how do other people see them, and that's not super important sometimes because sometimes get people get stuck in like how people see them, but it's more like, but it is like yeah. If on our deathbed, like if everyone said I was just a sook, like I'd probably hate that. No, well, actually, I would hate that. To, yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah, I roll over my. Yeah, so it's probably like, not what people are gonna say. Blake, yeah, no? yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like that. Uh, yeah, we want. Yeah, give me something. Give me like not the goal. Yeah, give me what you want to be. Love it. And then the next step is then the goal. And what we do then is we break it down into outcome and process goals. So it's like, the outcome is um, to lose 20 kilos. Cool. That's, That's really good, yeah. Because that guy there can go to the beach with his shirt off and feels confident and um his wife looks at him and goes oh geez you're looking good today you know like you get those reinforcements and all that kind of stuff and you can run around with your kids and but it actually means 20 kilos that's what that guy needs to do so it comes down to those outcomes and then they just get less and less important sort of like in the scheme of things when you start doing action because it's like then steps down into like a process it's like all right what are the processes of a guy that needs to lose 20 kilos before the end of the year and they'll be like, I need a train. And if they don't have those processes right, that's where we sit down with them and be like, that's wrong. Yeah, you, know, you got that wrong there. Yeah. Um, you know, so we fix that process sort of stuff. And the guy that helped me with that was, was, is, with, uh, is Dom, who I do my podcast with is, cause he's an Olympic, he wants to win an Olympic gold medal. Like that's his like outcome. But realistically he doesn't have as much control over that as, as what he thinks he has more control over the processes yeah yeah and that's what it comes down to i can't actually tell you that you're going to lose 20 kilos in 20 weeks if you eat like this what we have more control over is eating like this and then we yeah we worry less about the outcome because that will just start become becoming a byproduct of it yeah and then the byproduct is that guy that we talked about walking along the beach and being happy sort of thing so yeah it gets really tricky and that's most people don't want to do it, to be honest.
0: I love that, man. No, but I, Yeah, so, I love it. That. Exactly. That's the, the problem is people want to have the, – they want to have the goal and the target, and they're kind of proud of that. So in, in real movement language now, as we talk about it now, uh, it wasn't the same when you were doing it, but mm. we have targets, and then we have freedoms. And the freedoms are the daily freedoms. They're the process. So rather than call them disciplines, which has more of a negative connotation, yep. we call them freedoms. So your yep. daily freedoms are the things that are going to take you towards your targets. targets. So you have freedoms and targets. The thing is, if you're going to set that massive target, then your freedoms need to be at least, if not more than that. Yep. So if you're not willing to do something extreme in terms of your freedoms, then why would you expect to achieve anything extreme in terms yeah. of your your targets? And a lot of times people just don't have any experience with going after anything hard. Yeah. So they don't have any context of like, and they just they just pluck something random in terms of a target. And it's, it's like, I do value targets because some people say like, There's there's people now saying like fuck goals, like don't have any goals. Goals are bad. It's all about process. But it's like, well, what process? Like, what process do I engage with if I don't know where I'm headed? It's like, where's my heading? You need to be an amazing driver in your car. You just focus on being able to drive the car, (laughs) but you don't have a destination. (laughs) It's like, well, like, Mm. there's not that much use being a good driver
1: if you don't have a place to go. Like, definitely. Well, that was that like the double unders we were talking about the other week. Like, I was like. Okay, I have a goal. Fifty is—it's uh, it, plucked, but fifty is knowing that there's a space that I need to grow into because I can't do one. So then, it's kind of plucked, but I also know that the the real reason is because I want the skill development because it annoys me that I can't do it. So like, it's yeah. that's yeah, you've what got I, some, You've got some—you've got enough background though. Like, it's not yeah. To guess that yeah. You know, and, and you could ask a cross—you know, you could ask
0: a CrossFitter or you could ask someone who yeah. What's a know, good number? The girl and... at, probably the CrossFit is better than the girl yeah. at the playground or whatever. Yeah. But you say yeah, like if I want to set a goal goal around double unders and I was going to practice it every day, Mm. then what would be a good number versus I'm going to set a goal about double unders. I'm going to practice once a week. What's a good number? That's the thing. Like if what's, what process are you willing to engage with? People think like doing carnivore diet is like, Oh, I could never do that. It's too hard. I love my food too much. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's not about hating food like yeah. I, I love steak like, <laughs> yeah, I, I ate yeah. steak this morning yeah. I ate mince this morning I'm going to yeah. eat it again this afternoon yeah. and I like it and it's not a religion there's space around we you know what I do etc but I love the results of eating in this way more so than I love being able to eat spinach and macadamias yeah. and whatever like
1: most people it's more what like do you value most like yeah exactly right it goes further and further you know and that's what I'm saying like I without that 50 Was my actual outcome? I would just been floating, getting double unders. I'm at 18 already for the chat for this week's six week challenge that we set. I said to get one because I didn't know how to do them. And I was like, literally, like I have this is just a full thing. I don't even know how to do. And I've now gone and bought a skipping rope that does it better. And like you know, and now I've done 18, and I thought I'd only get one. So now the goalpost has moved to 20 by the end of it. So that. Yeah, that goal gives you something like a heading, uh, yep. like a, a true north to chase after. And then if it's not 50 and I move it to 100, well, so be it. Let's, I'll move it up to there or... Yeah. Yeah. If it's 50 after doing a CrossFit Open workout or whatever, like there's kind of something in me that kind of wants to have a crack at one of those <laughs> just to see... Yeah, well, you've you built a lot of the pieces that go yeah, with it. How, it. how it looks like, you know, and... I'm not, a, I'm not in the CrossFit world, but just do it from where I am and yeah. see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, see if I match up sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so that's where that started as well. That's why the double under coming yeah. in. And, because it starts from this person that I want to sort of like build up. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: I think that's the other key thing to circle back on. Like, I love what you're saying there. It's got to be about process. It's got to be about the, the daily things. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? I was talking to guys yesterday. I want to play NRL. 20 years old. Not in a Q Cup team, haven't been in an NRL system, I want to play NRL. I was told the mm. kid, like, you're going to have to turn the world on its head. Yep. Like, you're going to have to be the strongest, fastest. Like, you need to be training more than the 20 year old kid who's in an NRL system, in it. who's playing yep. and training, and he's around the best players in the world or, yep. you know, the best players in their club Seeping at least. it
1: up all the time, yeah.
0: So, you, you need to be doing more than him, and you don't get to be in that environment all the time to get that mm. coaching and that, like, think about what you're saying here yeah. if you're serious about this like everything changes today like yeah. you don't you don't get to do that going to footy training on Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah. hitting the gym on Monday Wednesday Friday yeah. like just either forget about it yeah. or you're going to have to turn your life on its head like if you really want to make it happen or just be deluded and pretend yeah. that, oh, maybe I'll get struck by lightning and, you know, like it someone. someone yeah, I'll be lucky. I'll someone, play, yeah.
1: Playing out at Maureen and someone will see me do a six step <laughs> and they'll put a YouTube video up and then I'll get it there. Like, yeah. that's like that thing. Yeah. It's so like maybe I'll win lottery. Like,
0: you yeah. know, gonna, I, I want to be rich. Like, yeah. I'll just buy my lottery ticket once a month. And yeah.
1: I literally said that this morning. I was like, guys, like we sit in this place of like, if I spent money like a millionaire and I don't have a million dollars, I end up in debt. You're spending, you're eating like a guy that's shredded and expecting, like, and you're going backwards quickly. Yeah, like, you're not, you're not investing these processes deep enough. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that we can't, and hopefully by that process, some of my guys won't even step into that process yet. They're too scared to look at it. Because if I have people set a goal in front of me here and I'll be like, that's not a goal. You haven't thought about it for like more than five seconds. It's not a goal. You're just saying it because you think oh, I want you to say it. And that's going to work out really poorly for you because I'm going to push you to do it and you're not going to want to do it. And then we're going to have a fight and then you're going to hate me and then we're going to have to make up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it just, it's just not. You know, yeah, take—you really. need, you need to take more time yeah. at doing these things. And as you're saying, we, I talk about with people with like trying to change their careers or wanting something different. It's like, well, change it, stop whinging about it, or stop whinging about it and don't like and stay in it. You know, like it's not. It's one or the other. You can't stay in and continue to whinge because it's going to kill you or change it. You know, like I, I know it's really bad. I'm yeah. not saying that it's not, but whinging about it is not helping. One of the guys was like, I don't train well at 5 o'clock in the morning,
0: 5.30, whatever it was. Like, I just takes me... Like, By the time I've finished the session, I feel like I'm ready to start training because I'm just like doughy. Mm. I'm like, well, yeah, there's strategies you can try around your sleep and around you know, hyping up for your workout and whatever, but either you... You like mm. do that stuff and learn yeah. to make it work, or train at a different time. Like yep. do one or the other. Don't yeah. keep talking about Don't that; it's keep not working. About how about it. Shit, it is for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Right, yeah, and that's that. Again, it's that, that space of examining. We've got to keep examining, and and again, like, sort of stepping back to what how you helped me heaps. It was like an examined life. Like I'm examining my life. It's exactly ex- Socrates or one yeah. of those guys, isn't it? it's yep. like an unexamined life is a, not a life worth living, you know, yeah. and, and that's that stoicism, you know, philosophy and stoicism sort of gives us a parameter, I guess, to live by, but it's not like a religion where you get sin and that kind of thing if you break the, yeah. <laughs> break the edges, uh, but it gives us a, a true north and it more comes back down to how, where our core values sit and all that kind of stuff. And they always sat around there, but I never had an, someone shining the light on it and that's what you we were doing and... There's heaps of things like around, and I didn't even really—I don't know if I did them well because I don't know if there is a good or a bad. But those questions that you asked around, um, you know, what are the three biggest things that you, you know that determined where you are now? You know, what what made you who you are, sort of thing. Um, uh, the like eulogy sort of style one, like where like write your own eulogy. Like, what are people going to say? Like that makes me like tear up fire up like the whole thing like i just do not want to go down as someone that just lived like not a nothing life but just didn't live it passionately and and just full on i just want it to be on the 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 tombstone just like went as hard as he could like yeah like it was there and just lived it with passion and when i'm gone then people can live through that and find their own way to do it sort of thing like it just i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me to live any other way like why, yeah,
0: and it's hard because it, you can't fully embody it. So there's always that frustration as well of like,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still soft in some ways. Yeah. I'm still like, which is hard because you're like you're in an examined life. You're like constantly like looking at it as, as if that's like, what that book is, right?
0: Like I, I yeah. gave, oh, oh, I fun. gave Blake the <laughs> the best self book, um, and it's you know there's a bunch of them now, and it's mm. kind of come off the back of a lot of the Tim Ferris kind of questions and things that came up in that. But it's like, when I first start doing the book, you write in a book every day, you set some goals and stuff in there. And then you realize like, fuck, I can't even write in the book every day. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so scared to write. I it. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, I don't know yep. what to write. And then they are like, oh, I didn't even, you know, I didn't do anything that I said I was going to do today. And yep. like, and you start like, wow, I'm actually nowhere near as on top of myself as I thought I was because this little book is like, destroying me so, so you either get rid of the book <laughs> yeah and go back to your delusion of I'm, sand. i've got everything under control or you go this this book is going to teach me this a lot be, yeah <laughs> and I,
1: had, I went through it a little bit with um, uh, my girlfriend bianca helped me she set my business up she's much better with structures and like yeah. just you know marketing and all that kind of stuff that's why she was know like, thyself I, yes yeah. yeah and she gave me a task list book which is like daily tasks. Oh, you should see me at the start doing this book. Like it, it sort of has given me a step into this, still scary as hell and really hard to do, but I would write down like everything I needed to do for the week on Monday <laughs> and then get to the end of my, I did nothing. This, I've done one thing off my list. And she's like, you're writing your list horribly. Like break those up, you know, and then, prioritize and all that kind of stuff but I still get to the end of I still say to the guys I've got this book and I get to the end of my days even though that I've written them down the night before to do and there's still stuff on the thing that goes to the next day but that's the point yeah you know, like yeah it's it's getting better at sh- and then s- scrubbing it off and starting again the and fail,
0: then fail forward the 90 yeah. did, you know the 97% failure podcast I did like yeah. <laughs> But you have to aim. If you aim and you realize, yeah, like I messed up today. Yeah, I messed up today. Yeah, I messed yep. up today. And then maybe the odd day you feel yeah. like, yeah, I didn't really well, mess like, up today. Well, it's like, right pretty yeah. all right. Yeah. Most days you're gonna feel day. like yeah. yeah, kinda like this was this
1: could have been better. I missed mm. this, missed this. I procrastinate a lot, like I like <laughs> I spin my wheels a lot. I put I notice like and it makes you like notice things about yourself. Like I put things in front of stuff that's important that is very low level, but then in the, at the moment I'm like, I'll make that phone call now. And then back, hour gone. Oh, I probably should have some food now. Because if I don't eat, like, I won't be able to train the stuff. <laughs> like, just like, and then it's like, with that job just kept getting pushed further and further down. And then I have resentment for myself at night because I didn't get that job done. And it's just like, come on, man, start learning about yourself. Like, start, yeah. like, that's not the way that you're going to get to the things that you want. And that best self one is just like a magnified a 100 times on top of that. Like, yeah. it's just, because it's, instead of it being, just a task that needed to be done. It's like the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The bigger things that what you want to actually get done, not just like uh, write that post or write a blog or yeah. Yeah, whatever it might be. Yeah, so it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, I, I think the hardest actual phase is, and I wrote a, a blog on it of the steps of, of awareness and it's like yeah. you start the phase and it's really like dirty water And it just feels horrible because you're just like seeing all this shit that you're hopeless at or like you're just a shitty person sometimes or whatever. And then you step into the next phase and you start trying to fix it. But that's probably like the next, that's like the hardest one because you want to, you keep jumping back into that first step and hiding from them. And like you would have been better off just digging your head further into the sand and being in denial and just being fluff. Mm. Because if you're going to examine just... Keep going Because mm. on the other side Of that is that place Where you're like Okay I get it now It's not about being perfect It's actually about Failing more mm. Finding out more About myself And then seeing The other side of that And then slowly Getting wins And yeah. that kind of thing Yeah Because otherwise You're getting this thing Where it's like Really ugly And you like You hate There's a nearly a point Where you're like I don't like myself The way I am now And if you turn around And put your head Back in the stand You kind of know That you don't like yourself <laughs> So you just got to Keep going Yeah you got to keep shoving, and and if people listen to podcasts like this one and like and uh, mine, or you know they, they they want to, they don't click on our one. They click on the crime scene one, or the, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, the, the housewives one, or you know like yeah. the the you know, the um, Kardashian one, or whatever. Yeah. Like they're not. They don't worry. They just whatever. Anyone who's listens, listens to my podcast, they definitely
0: want to be better. Yeah. Whether yeah. they're actually living that or not, or whether there's st- kind of toying with the idea and looking for some some motivation or tips and tricks or yeah. you know it's definitely no guarantee of the implementation <laughs> yeah. but it shows there's a there's a desire, desire for, for, for something better. bigger and for some change and yeah like i really you know a lot of people who reach out to me and say yeah listen to that podcast like i, I really enjoy that you know and i like mm. seeing the journey that they're on and i'll check out what's going on in their life and ask them questions about themselves yeah. and you know, do a little bit of, you know, check out their Instagram or whatever, what mm. they're posting and like, luckily my audience is not too big and there's not yeah, too many people doing that, it's still pretty personal and yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that's that's a good thing, like I guess that's the style of podcasting that I'm doing as well is like, I, I'd rather deeply connect with, you know, uh, 500 people, like that's generally, yeah. I generally get about 500 listens an episode, like yep. if I deeply connect with 500 people, like that's a good day, that's like, good day, 100%. you know, how you know, how else are you
1: gonna do that? Or mm. you
0: know, like it's
1: we're the same, like we we actually have a goal domini this year to get to five hundred. Mm. So we're about one fifty, like maybe I think the biggest was like two thirty or something like that. And the funny thing was I actually got told not to do it. Don't ever do a podcast, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's been like one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. Yeah. Not because it's just yeah. because it's just like yeah, you get some people saying, oh, I really like that and, and It doesn't have to put
0: cash in your pocket to be yeah. a big win. Like yeah. that's the thing people are like
1: and I think it helps us, especially for, you might, I might be speaking out of, out of um, my own personal journey here, but it helps me reflect on me. hundred percent. Like, you kind of like go, oh, that, yeah, that's I've got to be doing that when I get off of it. <laughs> Yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what you get from,
0: like, that's what you get mm. from
1: these conversations and you get
0: from thinking, you know, pursuing your own ideas and trying to get to the, the base of it it's easy for people to see that we haven't nailed everything. Yeah. Like you don't have to, someone comes in and they said, my diet's terrible. I'm like, you, are, you didn't have to tell me that. Like that's my last podcast yeah. is like be more superficial. Yeah. It's like when you will look at someone, if, if you know, the skin's not good, if the, the body composition isn't good, you know, when someone speaks, if there's no power there, yeah. like they don't have to really tell you anything. Mm-hmm. You know already yeah. like, yeah, okay, this person doesn't believe themselves. They eat like shit. They, they probably don't sleep well they're obviously not strong mm. like you can see it right there and that that stuff can be changed yeah. and like that's what I love about what you said before is like it's identity shift that mm. it really needs to be and a lot of our, my focus initially with real movement has, has been on what physical things do you want you know what income do you want what training facility do you want what lifts do you want etc. But the real fun is who do you have to become to do that? And that's like, it's really, that's what we, we shifted the chat to worthy identity. Yeah. So what's the identity that would be most worthy of giving your life to? Like yeah. if you had to strive every day towards a certain identity, what identity would that be? And that makes even more sense. And sometimes writing the list of stuff yeah. helps because it's like, well, who is that millionaire? Who is that person with, you know, tremendous yeah. physical capacities? Yep. Who is you know who? What does he eat? And then you and then you work back from that, and then it becomes like, well, of course, I don't eat that stuff. I eat this stuff mm. because That's this is true, this is the identity. Yeah. You're like this is it doesn't you make any sense. Become your own sense. hero
1: too, because you're chasing after the, you.
0: You're the most important athlete you're yeah. ever going to work with. Yeah. Coaches don't get that, and you know, Patty Lane and um, Lachlan Wilmot were talking about it on Simon Bungate's podcast a couple of days ago. And it's a good one to check out if you're a coach and you want to, you know, I've given it a plug a couple of times, give another plug now if you haven't checked it out. But they were sort of talking about how important is it that you coach and uh, that you train and that sort of thing. And I honestly believe that you are the most important athlete you're ever going to work with. and, And if you don't embrace that, you will never know your potential as a coach. Like, And people who come in and people who want to work with me and they're like, well, he's probably not going to respect me or he's probably not going to be excited about my journey mm. because he's worked with Sonny Bill Williams and he's worked with Ali Day and he's worked with, you know, you guys, you guys like yeah. all Mitch Pike and all yeah. these, you know, awesome guys in, in, that have come through Real Movement and I've had the chance to, to train with and, you know, connect with, etc., I was like, well, he's not going to respect me. I was like, no, like you—you're the most important athlete yep. in your life. Like, stop watching the footy. Stop yep. caring about who wins the next Olympics, hundred meters, or whatever. Yeah. you're the athlete. Like, yep. focus on your own athletic journey. Yep. And by doing that, you will help more people than you could ever imagine. Mm. And and you know, some there is, there is a point with it where you could you know you could neglect other people as a result of that. Like, there is with every statement. There's some yep. balance to it.
2: Yep.
0: But I guarantee you. If in 12 months' time, you're stronger, leaner, fitter than you are now. There's been a
1: shift. Every member in your gym will be. <laughs> yep, stronger, fitter, faster, <laughs> leaner. Yeah. If, like, you, yeah, if you've created a result for yourself. Do you see that with your crew? Like, oh, you've, because you've, you've, you've,
0: you've been a bit of a late adopter or slow adopter. And I, I like that as well. Like, some people come into your room and they just, they just want to do everything. They just I want to be an I've A student. And, yeah. But you've been a bit more like, yeah, I'm not sure if everyone do that. I'm not sure. You pick mm. and choose your, your battles a yep. bit. What's happened like since you're actually... Now you can do handstands. It's one of the things that people, some people think yeah. is ridiculous about real movement together yeah. with the juggling. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what, are they, what are these idiots doing? Yeah. What's, the, um, what's been the impact of the handstand journey? We talked about a bit of the juggling. As soon as I,
1: uh, as soon as I started my, my handstands, I was like, yeah, the, the wall walker um, pretty much. But I went down that rabbit hole. I got extra coaching from Dom uh, as well as our real movement stuff. And then I went and got an extra coach on top of that so I could have a bit more hands-on, uh, gave um, a guy a gymnastics centre just around the corner. And I went deep because I wanted to be able to show people. And then as soon as that happened, you just opened this whole capacity. But I was saying even yesterday, like the ability to be able to open your shoulders in a handstand also opens your thoracic so you don't be, you're not hunched and like you don't have bad posture you can also overhead press better you can snatch you can clean you can like it opens your wrist more so it's like i never do anything in bmf that has an endless like a so like a dead point to it So like there's no point doing like a push-up where your gut hits before your chest i'm not going to let you get away with that because it just finishes there you know so like i want more of a like a um protracted shoulders core on like a hollow because it's going to lead into a better handstand and it's going to lead into a Better overhead press and a better, you know, snatch eventually and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was like as soon as I started opening up that growth, they just opened up as well. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, there was very some some reluctancy to it, but only around fear, not around like physicality. It's just like I'm scared to go on the wall because I'm going to fall down on my head, and like I just have to say, well, do you trust that I think that you won't, and then we break through that. And we've probably had probably maybe ten percent um, hit one minute handstand. Yeah. Like around that sort of, that 40 seconds to a minute. Um, and, or we've just got guys that are just capable and we can do like war walks, like in a session and do endurance work. And, um, we can just do a session based around all that kind of stuff. It definitely, if I just kept going and, I, and that's what I say, like if I just keep going with these things, they just keep coming with me.
0: Do people, yeah, exactly. Do people ask like, are we going to do some more handstands?
1: If, if, if yeah. it's popping up on your Insta feed, yeah, it, does it pop up um, in their session. questions? Like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're doing cleans today because I did cleans in my <laughs> <laughs> in my like um, session. Yeah. And that's where I had to be really careful because I was nearly going down a field of like, everyone thought I was a tri coach. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I can, but I'm not that. Yeah. and I'm not going to run tri sessions either, in here either. So I had to be yeah, you had to be careful, but also like in some of the stuff that I embrace, I kind of talk to the guys around that readiness. Yeah. You know, so like we were talking about before and... I want my guys to be just ready for anything. If they had a six-week preparation, they could go and do a triathlon if they wanted to, or if they wanted to do a Tough Mudder, or they wanted to do um, an Olympic lifting um, you know, course, or something like that, they have the ability to do it, or they want to go on a holiday where they do um, handstands with um, like a, a hand balancer, like they could start, they could at least be in the room, yep. you know, and um, anything, yeah, whatever my focus generally is, cause it's led with such drive towards it. Cause if I choose to do something, I'm doing it, they'll follow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how many of them, if they, if they,
0: you know, when they do progress, hmm. how many of them do you think are going to do something in the park with their kids or
1: on the beach yeah. one day yeah. or I, like, I, I reckon there's uh, nearly, uh, like there'd be a, like a, probably a 70% of my client base, He's just open to all of it, just mm. whatever I say. There's 30% sort of percent that are like, I'm too old for that shit and, and, <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Um, That's I'm just not, personality types exactly right as well. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not here like, for that, you yeah. know, whatever, you know, yeah. some stories that they just tell themselves. Yeah. Um, and then those guys are just feeding it on. Like We have the kids in here that are just play in the afternoons and that kind of stuff they're doing with us. We've got a guy, um, Trent, who has a 240 kilo deadlift at 80 kilos. Um, he's got a 165 kilo back squat, so he's got a, he's got a six in the FPR. Um, he brings his young fella. He can genuinely do 20. He's six years old. He can do 27 push ups with his elbows tucked in, nice and tight, chest to floor, and like grinds them out with the grit of the teeth. He does a 1K row in like six minutes, ten or something. Like he's here, and when we do like stuff, and he does like intervals, and we do like, and he's doing the handstands, he's walking the wall. Like it's a direct impact. Like yeah. It just goes, they've they learn something fun, they show their kids, Yeah. and then, yeah, and they, it, it only goes as far as they can go, and that's what I try and say to them, like, you can't teach them anything that you don't know, so let's yeah. just keep learning. Yeah, so, and that's that's the the
0: coach's journey, like, that's yeah. what, you know, I've been critical of people with, like, yeah, you want to change the world, but what can you do that's, mm. that's out, oh. of, out of the ordinary, you know? If you can't do something out of the ordinary, then why would you get extraordinary results or extraordinary income or you know and that's doesn't have to be and I was listening to Sebastian Oreb the other day and I'm actually going to go see him um he's got a workshop on at Ben Thompson's place mm. one of the other guys we've uh, connected with at some stage there but uh, he was talking about like to be a strong uh mf in his uh yeah. his la- mm-hmm. language you got a bench 160 deadlift 260 or back squat 200 i think were his were his numbers mm. um and I was like, well, yeah, like I've never, I ne- haven't been yeah. close to them. I'm yep. not sure if I ever will be. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like that's, if you want to be a barbell strength coach, coach yeah. and, you, you know, that's your thing, like you definitely need to go to those numbers. Uh, I like, I, I definitely do love strength and mm. I still, you know, I still think I will get stronger and beat all my, you know, DM, I've actually yeah. beat most of my PBs in this year. Um, just prior to my 36th birthday but um, I think it's important to to set yourself that challenge and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know specifically that that barbell work but something you Mm. know like I don't think there are many guys that have snatched 100 kilos handstand for 60 seconds five ball juggle close to splits like close to sucks but it's not as bad as nowhere near. Yeah, not, not even touch the toes. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, yeah. so like a, a lot of stuff, like I've been close to, and I haven't quite got one arm chin up and whatever. Mm. But I know a that lot of people say, the journey yeah. that I've been on is like. I know that anyone can come in here and there's going to be something I can teach them, yeah. you know, and they might not be open to that, but you know, I know there's a lot of things that I could teach Sebastian or Ebbers, you know, I'm mm. going to go there to be taught by him, not to teach him anything, yeah. but any athlete, any, any person from any walk of life comes into the room. I know that there's some, some things that I've engaged with for hundreds of hours yeah. that I can help them with. And I think that's a good position to be. in. if you want to lead in any area, especially if, you know, coach and PT, but, whatever the field is like know, know it deeply
2: mm.
0: but continue to explore as well like I think it like I love what you're saying about your double unders and it's important to continue to have like level one activity like something that you're doing that you're not very good at that you're adding to your life yeah, adding in. and then level two is like things that you're pretty good at and you've developed to a reasonable level but you're not world's best and then level three is like I really want to be one of the best in the world at, that, at yeah. this and you know it's only going to be one or two things. I, I talk about, you know, Elon Musk's wife has a really good phrase and quote around this. But she basically says, you, you know, you have to really serve the world and, and know deeply two, two areas to be, a, to be a billionaire, to be a, a world changer. And, and, you know, that takes time as well. Like, sometimes people will listen to this and they think, well, I'm 25 and I'm still not a millionaire. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Most most people don't hit their straps till forty. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't hit their straps till fifty. Uh, um, McDonald's and KFC, two establishments that I don't frequent, but both of those guys were after fifty. That they, you know, Ray Kroc was I think fifty four, and the Colonel was in his sixties. Yeah, like before they, yeah, before exactly they even right. started those things, which have now become you know a global infestation and mm. whatever you know for whatever you think about it, but. Maybe it is going to take you another 20 years to, to you're actually useful, you know? Yeah, and you exactly. think, well, like, well, am I? would I put up with that? Would I keep developing myself day in, day out for that? Mm. But what else are you going to do? Yeah, what, what's, the, what's the alternative? <laughs> the alternative yeah. is... Yeah. And it, do you see that, like, I guess you've been in that footy environment and such, like, it probably, it'd still be pretty easy, I guess, for you to fall into gophers and beers, hit the pokies, mm. you know, yep. all the, the dark side of nightlife and... Yeah, you know, definitely. the relationships with women and all that stuff. It's not a footy thing. It's a, it's a societal thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just get to blood. do it at a high level. Yeah. If they've got income and profile and yeah. whatever, then it gets shown around the place. But generally speaking, like why, why do you choose this lifestyle? Are you choosing it for a future reward or like, why do you choose this lifestyle over that reward? You know, there's plenty of things going on, on the Gold Coast that bring you an immediate highs.
1: Yeah. You know, Um, the, the originally, like at the start, I think my outlook on was how am I going to teach people to be better if I'm being the same. So like my expect, I never have an expectation of someone that I can't do myself or I don't, you know, like I don't put a standard on them that I don't believe that I could achieve. You know, so if I don't drink for six months, I think someone else can do that. You know, like, yeah, but if I haven't done it for a year, how could I? You start to lose a bit of that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to probably tell someone to do that. Yes, or... exactly. Yeah, So it's like, I, that's where I led with it. Yeah, um, And now it comes from like a place that like really scares me now. Like I watch, I watch it very, very closely. It's like I've watched um, multiple people in my age bracket, in my vicinity, like commit suicide, literally purely because of issues that can be solved through health and Good thinking and good environment good people around them um having people challenge their belief systems and the way they think and all that kind of stuff and like that whole avenue is the only way it's going like drinking like on the gold coast like cocaine is just it's like i don't know if it's worse in sydney or whatever but it is like rampant like it's bad like we can't go to a Saturday night dinner without it possibly coming out after ten o'clock. Like you couldn't wait. You couldn't stay up after ten without it, sort of thing. Like it's really like it's like just this. It's like that the old school like cigarette culture, like the cool culture when I was a kid when we were in year ten. Like the cool kids went over to the bush and smoked cigarettes, sort of thing. Like I never did it then, but it's sort of that same sort of stigma around it. And it's very very easy to slide down that slippery slope when you're in like close to it. Mm. Um, last year I had, um, uh, my, me and my wife, uh, uh, went our separate ways. And one of the things through the real movement journey was like, I was trying to be the best man possible. And I, I truly believe that I do that every day, you know, like I leave with my heart. Like I loved her more than anything. Um, I was good from the only capacity that I could do. I was good to her. Like I looked after her, like I'm never abusive, never like any of those types of things, you know, like. Because straight away i think people would think oh she left because of a reason um and it was just a massive shock to me like it just rocked me to my core and i could see how i even did it once i went out and went out with all the boys and went down the rabbit hole and like went down the slippery slope and i was just, and it was like Fuck, this is this is it like this is where it'll be this is me for the next like 20 weekends playing footy doing this shit." like it's like six o'clock in the morning and i'm walking home yeah, right. This is really what I want. And when I went to Spain last year, which was halfway through last year, um, I I sat down on the plane and had a book, had a diary, and I I wrote down all the things that I hated about myself because of the situation that happened to me. And, And one of them was like, you you did what you said don't do. Like you went and drowned your sorrows in alcohol and drugs and all that kind of stuff instead of like standing up and facing it. And I only did it once, but I went to the rabbit hole and I didn't like myself when I did it. And um, it's, yeah, like it was a tough, tough enough journey. It was something hard that I had to face. Um, a lot of people are proud of me for the way that I went through it and I wouldn't have been able to go through it with all the personal development self-development I went through over the last five years. Um, but yeah, like it, I can see how, like something just gets a little bit, you know, not uneasy. It's an easy way. Like it's just right there it is. It's an easy fix. It's an easy like healer. Yeah. You wake up worse. Yeah. You start again. Fuck, like it's insane. Like looks like looks like a solution.
0: Oh, but it's six hours later, or ten hours later, or oh, two ten, days later, or however long it lasts for.
1: Yeah, and it was just bad. Like, and it, it was, and I literally sat on the plane and just like I like just wrote those. And when I say hate about myself, I mean like the actions that I was taking. I don't yeah. mean like hate myself. I mean just the actions that I've gone through and, yeah. and um, allowing um, my ex wife to like dictate to the way that I felt every day. Yeah She didn't love me anymore That's not the reason No reason for me Not to love myself anymore And it was just Yeah It was was like Another One of the things On the list of like Learning curves And that kind of stuff But yeah Like I was in footy I went back to footy uh, At the same time As it happened Yeah And I was like Was 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 that before Or after or during Sort of like uh, Just on So in November The year before So when pre-season Was starting Yeah um, When she finished Her uni degree She decided that it was, it was enough she could stand her own two feet, sort of thing. Um, and it sort of yeah it had a, a split there, and, and that's when I went into footy. And it was it was one of the best things ever though to have my boys back around me and like the community, like the best parts of footy. Yeah. And like putting my best self forward every game, like that thing was just and leading with like. Peeping, helping young fellas to be better and like challenging them to be better and training them in here and all that kind of stuff mm. but there is that like yeah that dark edge uh, that sort of can just be so like uh manipulated and so like twisted towards um that i don't like about it as well like and it really scares me and it worries me and it worries me, it worries me about the people that i train and it worries me about the friends on that circle and i try and get them out of as much as possible and cause I have such a like empathy to that sort of stuff or like in a caring nature, I invest sometimes too much time in like chasing and trying to pull people out of it yeah. when maybe they need to go through their own journey and see that it's not meant for them sort of thing. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. That was kind of, I know that's probably an extension of the question, but yeah, it was like, it was hard not to, and especially because I'd had some hard shit going on um, and I did and it was not for me. And yeah, yeah. and so even now it's like, it's just not for me. Like, yeah. I, and you said something yesterday and then the universe does it to me all the time. Um, I watched another video that popped up and uh, it was from Eric Thomas and it was like, he goes, I, I, like if you want to be like, if, you know, if you want to be the best or you want to like change the world or if you want to have on your tombstone that you like were passionate and you changed, you helped heaps of people and that kind of stuff, like, you don't have time for partying. You don't have time for TV. Yeah. Like, you just don't have time for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. Like yeah. And I, I think it was something you we were saying yesterday. It's like, if we want to change this stuff, like, it has to be, like, it'll look, like, outrageous to you. Yeah. Like, it'll look, like, yeah. extraordinary. Like, whoa, well, you're so crazy. Hmm. Then, yeah, I guess. Yep. Because that looks crazy to us. Yeah. Like, that existence. It's scary. Like, it does. It's like a... Because I, I train a lot of people in construction industry. And it's... I kind of like. It's just the culture,
0: isn't it? You live
1: for the weekend. You make money so you can afford to and buy toys and busy's like their easiest way out. I'm always I'm busy. It's just like busy. Like okay, like how busy are you? If you're heaps, if you're really busy, and then you have a bender Saturday Sunday, how much work are you getting done Monday Tuesday? Like I I don't know. Like unless you're someone different to everyone other else, like you are less productive. So. to me if you're busy you would be doing less of that so you're not you get on top of the busyness (laughs) you know like it's just that again like that mentality and i was like really stuck in the last month like because i again i care so much it's like i even need to interject like and try and maybe break some of this construction type of uh culture down and maybe create a, a system or a a platform, or go and talk to big construction industries, or do something about it, or just like s- not worry about it because it sits with me. Like I go to sleep thinking about it. And I'm yeah. like, the fuck, yeah. like these people I don't even know. Like, <laughs> but I do. Like, and I, I sleep on that. I sleep with that. Going and put my head on the pillow. Going, oh, just go to sleep, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've definitely, you know, <clears throat> I yeah, I talk about
0: it in a negative way because I've experienced it as well. Like, mm. I, I definitely borderline alcoholic like i had to drink to feel good about myself you know early teens you know late teens early 20s like trying to figure out who i was and everyone was doing that that's what all the cool kids were doing and i just went hard and you know it took yeah it took a lot of time of making that mistake and thinking like there was an answer there but i don't really feel like there was many people telling me hey there's another way to do this it was probably only sport yeah and seeing some guys that were actually quite professional and I said, no, like, I'm going to stop drinking for six months while I try and make this state team, which I did do. But I'd been injured, and I was like, "Why? Well, I'm, I'm injured now. And I got injured after I'd been out drinking. The next day I got injured. I'm like, you know, this is uh, – if Shows I'm either me. doing this or not, like, I should either not play sport and just be a drunk or yeah. play sport and leave that other yeah, crap yeah, yeah. behind. And my results at uni got better straight away, and, like, lots of things, you know, improved. Um, so, like, I know I know both sides of it, and I think – a lot of people haven't really ever embraced the side of what happens if you just try and get better. Like what happens if you really focus on that? And I know. It's like, it's a, it's, it's so attractive to just go and, you know, get out of your head and, and lose yourself and just be, you know, be that crazy person and you laugh with your mates and whatever, but you're not proud of it and you don't, it's not something you want to emulate. You lose your money, you lose your time and you're not getting that time back. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting those actions back. And it's like, you know, I had, I, I'm i lucky I'm still alive. Like, I had lots of, like, times where I could end up in jail or could end up, like, yeah. I'm not going to repeat them no, and have yeah. the police come knocking, but, yeah. like, stupid, stupid things. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, you know, like, I'm a father now. Like, mm. that's not who I want, you know, him to be, so that's not who I'm going to be. And yeah. I think, like, so many people must really feel challenged by that when they know that they're, like they don't really want their kids to be like them. Like, you know, like that, that kind of thing. It's, just, it's not it's not a good place to live from, so...
1: For sure. I used to, and I was the same as well. Mine was um, probably the... It was the gambling. So I, I've, I've got horse racing in my family. We used to own horse races. I would tell myself that $100, $200 a week is okay. It's fine. Like, it's only a that's It's my hobby. I don't drink. It's like saying, oh, I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink an apple juice every single morning. Like, it's not okay. It doesn't make it right. Like, you just putting something else in place of it. And the thing that actually made me get out of it was the betterment. It's like, okay, so I know now that if I do something over and over, I should get better at it over and over. You don't get better at gambling; It doesn't work. (laughs) Like I get worse. You don't like now I'm so proud. My dad has listened to me. He, I stopped four years ago. He continued on and three weeks ago, you give it away now he's three weeks not doing it and for a guy that's 60 who would have done it since he was 15 every single weekend and then it turns into every Wednesday and then every Friday because there's races Wednesday and Friday and there's races Thursdays oh and then Rollsy's riding on Monday so we'll go there as well and, and it can be nearly every day you know, without you even you know, um, blinking an eye and you sort of like go, oh it was $100 but I won $100 so now it's not $100 like, <laughs> and then it, oh, the other thing was like what's the number that's going to make me walk away so if I win two grand right now, am I walking away? Like, is that is that my number? Well, that means I need to bet $50 on this horse that's paying $10. And it's got to win. Otherwise, I don't walk away. And then I start, yeah, you know, I just, oh man, it's ugly. It's mm. ugly. You know, and it's an ugly place to be. And I've been there. And I know like what the addiction side feels like that you're saying, you know. And as you said, when one of those, uh, I think it was like the weekend warriors or the not, not weekend warriors, wake um, up, Wake up Warrior. Wake Up Warrior, sorry, um, was like if your son or daughter was to grow up to be you, uh, would you be proud? And I know this sounds really nasty to all the parents out there because I'm not one, and I, maybe I shouldn't speak, but I don't think people think about that. Like I don't think genuinely they actually think of that question. Like because when I, it, I
0: hadn't been thinking about it, like mm. it fucking made me cry. Like I cried oh, for a long it totally time. It makes me
1: cry. Like it's <laughs> like fuck, am I good enough to be a parent? Like yeah, and 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 to be honest, mate, because you shared that with us. I've shared that with parents in here, and it's made them cry. Mm.
0: It's a, it's a tough, it's a brutal thing, yeah. and it's a tough stick to measure yourself by. Mm. But being
1: ignorant of it doesn't make it no. <laughs> any yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and and and, uh, and I think it creates another big question that questions what you're doing. Creates a big shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you. But you almost have to replace the gambling with something else, though. Like, is, does your dad have something else that? Yeah. So what I said to him actually, I said, "Dad, I'm okay with on the weekends. If you want to go for hikes or something, we'll go put a because he, um, my old man, comes and does some weighted hikes. Uh, walks around the streets, not here because he doesn't like to run or do too much like yeah, you just. You know, cool. And um, I was like, "I'll go for a hike with you. You just message me and I'll come with you like Saturday, because Saturday's the day. Saturday's the day where you open up the TAV guide, you mark out all your numbers, yeah. you go to the TAB, and then it gets dark and then you go home." <laughs> And there's a old saying, it's fish and chips or Chinese. If you've lost, we are having fish and chips, but it's Chinese if you win. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> like, um, And, yeah, like, and I just said to him, if you need me, I'm, I'm I'm, here. Like, And it definitely is. Like, I put triathlon in place of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, Saturday long ride. I get yeah. home and the races are done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, or I'm too tired to even bother to go to the TAB and Not much time for drinking either with no, that. Right? Oh like, <laughs> you, you can if you want to. But it's just horrible. Yeah, like yeah. the whole next day is just that's yeah. just rubbish. or performance is low yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because it's but so
0: high volume.
1: The yeah, and yeah. And and that was that thing. And I've I've said to him that. And one of the things he's actually doing now is every Saturday he goes with mum, uh, to Kingscliff, and they just sit down on the beach and gets the chair and has a read. And like I'm just like, well, if you look at that, they've been together for sixty. Uh, sorry, sixty. Forty uh, something years, maybe fifty. I don't, um, and he's now giving up time on the weekend, and then having it together at the beach. I was just like, it's just, like, yeah. I don't know that 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 is that's it. That's why we do what we do. That's that just makes me happy. Like yeah. I don't know, I could. That's it. That's enough now. Like that's a result there.
0: Yeah. You know, like, there's no massive buzz. There's no like huge high experience, but just, there's no low, and there's also. Like, I'm, I'm proud of that. If I yeah. continue to do that, life will continue to be good rather than...
1: And I know he's you know, he's a bit worried, like, because he's like, oh, like, will I ever do it again? Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Like, will yeah. I ever bet again? Can yeah. I have a $20 bet? Yeah. And it'll be okay. Like, and I get that. Um, I do get it. For, yeah. And I'm like, well, what I do is when, um, you know, it's funny now, because, like, say, Melbourne Cup or one of those types of things comes up, they're obviously, they're our... Big buzz days. And it's like, well, I just said to him, I said, look, let's get to November. He's coming up to Noosa try, and that's Derby weekend. So we used to go to the races. We used to go to Friday, Derby. Then we go to Melbourne Cup. Then we do Oaks and then Steaks. So we do the whole week in Melbourne. So, like, it was a, it's like... Big week. Yeah, it was in. And it was a, it's a thing that's stuck in our family. It's yeah, not yeah. like, yeah, it's like, imbra- it's ingrained in there. Yeah. Um, and I was like, come to Noosa. Noosa Tri is on the day that... that like Darby's on, distraction sort of thing. He said, but if you want to have a bet that day, well, so be it. But you have to understand, like, where what's your decision? Like, I I might be able to have a bet now on a day, a bigger day, but it's just like nothing. It's like I look at a thing and be like, oh, whatever. Like, it's not I'm invested in it anymore. Like, yep. I don't have an investment there. I can literally put $10 and then, like, walk away from the – and never touch it again for – it's like I could have one beer. And then not have a beer. Like, I don't have to have 15 sort of thing. And I believe that there's obviously a place of all in, all out. I kind of – I know this is my opinion, but I kind of reckon that's bullshit. Like, I kind of think, like, it's also just, like, another story that we're telling ourselves. Why couldn't you just stop after one beer? Yeah. You could do it. You can go have a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't decide to never have it again, obviously you're not disappointing yourself. Like, you're allowed to have – one. you could have one – you know, and it's just those choices and how they're thinking around yeah. what they're doing You know, like. I think there's power in that
0: autonomy we, we spoke about before but if you're choosing to do it mm. then there's a lot more strength that comes from it and when you sort of make it a rule or an external thing or it's like no I can't yeah then I think you you lose a little bit of power. And sometimes people do want to have that as an external thing. Or like my coach says, I can't do this, so I won't do it. And yeah. they they need that crutch. But that's a weakness and and something that is okay initially, but eventually you want to get to the point where like, no, that's not my identity. Yeah. But yeah, like I with all this stuff, like, and I think Jordan Peterson's, you know, good at explaining, like, if the situation changes, like I know I'm capable of great weakness, the same as I'm capable of yeah being quite strong and having a good influence like I know my deepest darkest stuff like that's that's what you have to live with like you have to live with knowing like fuck I've done all these things Mm. that you know I'm not necessarily that proud of and I know I could do it again like that's that's a possibility should I choose you know if I let things slip and and maybe that starts with getting up a little bit later or it starts with just grabbing a bit more junk food than you've been doing and then all of a sudden you realise you're like I'm not that person who I wanted to be anymore Mm. I'm slipping 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 away from that that. yeah but I think, like, if you know, like, I still will have, I'll have a little bit of wine from time to time. Like, I might go a year without wine. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a period maybe two months ago where I, I probably drank two bottles of wine over the course of, like, a week or so. Mm. Kay's like, what are you doing? Like, I kept having wine with yeah. my know, I'm doing the carnivore thing, and yeah. I'm, like, smashing this red meat, and I'm like, yeah, a little bit of wine yeah, feels red, quite red good bit. with yeah. it. It might help my digestion or something. Yeah. And I know that if, you know, taking in even one standard drink, two standard drinks, like, you're increasing your estrogen, you're decreasing your testosterone for the next 24 hours, you're not going to recover the same. But I don't need it to be black and white. Yeah. And I think it's good to continue to go, like, yeah, okay, I did that for a few days and mm. now I'm not doing nice. that again. Like, yeah. I think when you make it fully black and white, you kind of lose touch with what other people are going through and you lose touch with that struggle of yeah. really controlling it. Sure. And i like... There's benefits to that as well, and I know yeah. some people who've been heroin addicts or whatever will say like, "Yeah, that's,
1: that's probably um, not the path yeah. for me." Yeah. <laughs> but which like, is which is like it's, they, they know you that need that's to continue so, to exercise yeah. it like so detrimental to them, and it's like I just sort of use like the iPhone. I'm like, well, all in, all out. That means if you're an all in, all out in everything, you drop your phone on you start jumping on top of it, then smash it, man. You just smash it, smash it. You're an all in. Like it's only in. Sometimes they use it as a crutch, like yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Like I, they are oh, well. I'm all in and I was all out. So I just went and got pissed.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh. Pff, no. Yeah. It's right. an excuse to completely fall yeah. off. Rather <laughs> yeah. than like, no, you yeah. don't. No, we you... don't let you off with that. Yeah, exactly. You've yeah.
1: chosen this journey. Yeah.
0: You can mess it up for three or four days. Yeah. It's just going to make it even harder. Yeah, just again when you come back, back. Yeah, exactly. The journey yeah, right. doesn't end. Yeah. yeah. You don't. And yes. That's, yeah, it doesn't just finish. the same with the bender, right? Like the bender doesn't end. Yeah, the reason why you wanted to go on the bender, nah. you just have to go back and face it. But you go back there a little bit poorer, yeah. a little bit less proud of yourself, yeah. a little bit like, a little less, less productive. Power,
1: yeah, a little less, a little less. less brain cells. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think we're going to wrap this thing up. Blake, cool. is there anything you want to uh, share with people? We'll obviously uh, we'll post this stuff up and mm. people will see your your links and that sort of thing. But yeah. I know you have got some some good things coming up here on the Gold Coast. Um, getting your barbell, yeah. You know, education going and yeah. uh you've definitely looking for opportunities to to grow and that sort of thing your staff and team and all that stuff is growing is there yeah. anything you want to share around any of that
1: um yeah like so we're going to be running more workshops it's it's a space for creativity for me so i'm opening up that new level of instead of just uh having it just for our guys like open the space up grow my confidence around just teaching brand new people sort of thing Walking, so we're going to do more uh, you know, barbell uh, workshops, even just life coaching workshops. I've had a lot of people ask for those um, because of the podcast and things I put on Instagram. Um, The Spain, so we go to Spain every year. That looks like it's going to be a two times a year thing now. Like, uh, you know, opening up those retreats. um, And then we're we're building our staff. So the end of that story we were talking about earlier when you come in, Keegs, and I shared my story that gave me a place... For it op- to, to open up and one of the guys actually come up to me and uh, asked me because I was shared my story so passionately he'd love to be a part of it so in four weeks I've got um, Adrian starting with us he he's moving down from Townsville to start an internship so I actually have to thank you a lot for that because without that there was none of that um, and it's actually created this new space in my brain for like team culture, building a new family, but but my own sort of family that's in the business instead of just me. Um we're building an online online platform as well. Um that uh we're gonna where I share all my stuff from in here online so people can grab a hold of it. Uh, there's been enough questions asked so i feel like there's a need for it Yep. to share some of my that's a good tip of. the
0: time to go online is people keep asking you yeah
1: when you like how do i get Can access I get to this yeah. And, yeah yeah and so yeah we're going to start with that like get results yeah. and then it'll come get some traction yeah, yeah. and then uh, so yeah we're going just we're just being i are just building a platform and, and just based on wellness we well, actually yesterday i wrote down five questions and that's the problems that i'd like to solve yeah if, and then my platform is going to solve those five problems yep. so essentially we're going to ask those five questions and if you have a problem with them the platform will solve them yeah um yeah so that's good that'll be coming upcoming so i guess it's all sort of in the pipeline at the moment so if they just watch my stuff then they'll start to see it come up and they're yep. um, more than welcome to join along in the bmf journey and just as well uh i know i've probably told you personally in the last uh few months a lot mate because we've you know definitely reconnected uh strongly but uh the path that real movement put me on um has been an extraordinary one. it's really really helped me um it's i i can't you can't put monetary value or anything like that on it it's just like the it's just growing me like I, i look people say to me like where did you learn this stuff from and it's like that's where I learned it from, you know, and then it took my own journey and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's it's been really, really powerful, man. It's helped me in massive struggles. I don't think I would have got through the stuff I went through. I don't think when my parents lost their uh, home, uh, family home and all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't have taken on the responsibility of taking all them on and opening the gym. Like I wouldn't have done the things I've done. So um, you have to know that you've had a massive hand in that and I'm really appreciative of it and like, I, I know by those guys coming in here two weeks ago, it may give me goosebumps because that was me like five years earlier. And like, I, I want like Adrian stay in the real movement. Like if anyone else comes through me, like they'll be going through there, you know, like even if they're not in it sort of thing, it's like they have to, because it's a journey that I just think it's so valuable. You know? It doesn't so, really
0: work well to force people into it though. That no, I, yeah. The autonomy yeah. thing yeah. is really big. Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate you saying yeah. that Blake. And like, yeah, I, it's, it's a funny thing because I know that what we do is, is something that's really valuable, but I don't really feel like I'm responsible for it in a lot of ways. Like it is just about you seeing more of your true self. And then you just live from that place a bit more. And like, it's not that you do everything perfect. You just still go on, you know, lots of things are not going to go exactly to plan with the business, with life, etc. But, yeah, you just keep going back and examining and, you know, you're doing that personal development work. You go to other workshops and you're reading things. And I know, like, I don't deserve credit for this place. I couldn't do what you've done here. Like, I couldn't – you know, you've got lots of skills and abilities that I don't have. But I I know that there's something there with that real movement culture that has helped a lot of people just to understand themselves better. And that's that's probably the –
1: The flame that's sort of deemed dormant and just – yeah, chuck some fire and uh, some uh, you know kerosene on it, or whatever you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever metaphor you want to use, you yeah. know. And my biggest thing with my journey, I just know that a lot of people in the fitness industry try to like protect their IP as their own, mm. like. I know that none of my stuff is my stuff <laughs> yeah. like sort of thing and and i sort of pride myself on you know like when people say where did you learn that and i was like that's from kegs and i'm i'm sure that wasn't from you like you, you're the same it's like yeah. i learned that from poliquin or i learned that from here and um yeah like without that uh, avenue of you doing all the hours of work then i wouldn't have had the knowledge so yeah that's that's if I get the space or the medium to thank you, then I try to as much as possible. Uh,
0: I I appreciate that, mate. And yeah, definitely. I, I feel like there's so much more to go with, with my journey. And I wish I would have, you know, could have done it a lot better in the time that we were connected. And there were always challenges with, you know, with my personality, with other people I was working with, with organization. And there's so many things that are, you know, not perfect, but you know, that's probably a message for everyone out there as well. And a good place to finish is it's not going to be perfect but you know keep keep dreaming and yeah, let's get you know started. we're in a, we're in an awesome place at the moment because you you had a dream and you kept going after it and you've just shared the next wave you know an international business and you get you know you're podcasting and you know like all the things like imagine if at the start you know people come in and remember like they were all going to podcast you know yeah. now there's like eight <laughs> yeah. of the guys are podcasting like yeah. a lot of people you know, scared of their own shadow and don't want to speak and mm. etc. cetera. Then you just gradually make a shift and become desensitized to it. And yeah, like I'm obviously like I do want the right people to join real movement. There's no doubt about that. But ultimately like I want to be around more people that have this philosophy for living and you know, whether you do it through wherever you do it, mm. like go after it, you know, yep. associate with people that are going to stretch you and um, you know, em- embody the, the, the version of yourself that you can be most proud of. Like that's I think what we're talking about and you know, I think, yeah, you know, Blake, you're doing a you're doing an awesome job of doing that. Not a perfect right, job, man, but a, but a awesome. but a really good yeah. one. And yeah. you know, Thanks, that's mate. um that's all that's all we can do. So yeah. I reckon um what time's you got you got crew coming in soon or what? Uh
1: no I'm gonna I'll duck over some food. I've got five o'clock so yeah another too easy hour or so, so.
0: Well I appreciate yeah. your time and uh yeah, look forward to Doing it again at some stage in the near future and definitely doing some more events out of uh, your facility yeah. together if the opportunity arises for that. Definitely. And um, yeah,
2: cool.
0: if you listened all the way through to this, congratulations and uh, send, us some, send us some thoughts. What, what did this spark in you? What are you getting clearer on that you weren't so clear on before?